Because South Breeze is a coward. That's why. It's fucking Wi Fi and shit. Did he pay his bill? I don't even know. <laughs> Did he pay his bill? I paid my bill. Yo, what's good? It's your boy Sopri706. This is KTSC oh, at F59. We got Marcus Sniffles, Jeff Queen. Now, wait, what's good, y'all? I'm doing pretty good. I feel like I'm in a very emotional vulnerable space for some reason i watched some kevin hartley and it made me cry like three times so i mean what's going on in my life right now that should never happen i was for here tonight how are you you know what we appreciate your presence <laughs> against my will someone what you been doing it was interrupted by marcus all right well we, we can get your hot takes really quick and then get you up at it oh the fourth person this year hold up marcus interrupted my goddamn weekend I was told to, to invite you, so I don't know what you want me to do. Told to invite me. Hello. Okay. Well, welcome to the pod, Jazz. Uh, okay. I like your posters in the background. Shout out to Malcolm X. Thank you. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, we're just checking out everybody's weekend. How's your weekend going so far? Since Jif wants to cry and complain that she was invited to this illustrious podcast. Against her will. <laughs> why? Why are you being like this? Like. <laughs> I don't you want to be here? Oh, I was forced here. I had things to do. I told you. I'm I told here. you were gonna. I told you were gonna be here, and she was still like whining about it. I'm like, yo, girl, gonna be here. Why don't you want to show up? She's no. right down the. She's right down the hallway. Just tell her. Come here you go. Here you go. <laughs> My weekend is great, Breeze. It's going well. Oh, and Mr. Savage. Oh, Mr. Savage is showing up. <laughs> I don't know what's going on anymore. Oh my goodness. Okay, so why the fuck wasn't I invited in this thing is my question. Hey, Huh, you're gonna start the thing without me. It's breaking up. What is going on? Now I was over here watching this this intense versus battle, and I ain't even get an invite to the thing. Like this don't even make sense. Wow. And then I come on here, this nigga's magically frozen. That don't make no sense. Right. right, running because South Breeze is a coward. That's why it's fucking Wi Fi and shit. Did he pay his bill? I don't even know. You're messy. <laughs> Did he pay his bill? I paid my bill, so it's gotta be him. I'm sorry, Adolphus, that you didn't get an invite. Meanwhile, I was forced to come here tonight. Here you go. Well, we definitely wanted to represent, you know what I'm saying, to have everybody in. So welcome to KTSC Avenue with your star, your host, AC3 Savage, uh, joined here by the lovely Gore Jazz, Marcus Sniffles, and uh, Jif Queen, or Gif Queen. I'm sorry if I said it wrong. You know, I've been, yeah, you said it wrong. Uh, I've been on this for you all day, but how's everybody doing tonight? Doing great. <laughs> and if you think I'm a player with you, then God damn it, I'm not. Well, well. Before we get started, before we get started, I would like, I would like Jazz 
to promote her uh, her website. She sells uh, what she sells. She sells can uh, candles, I believe it is. Uh, she sells yes. pussy candles. They're pussy. Yeah, let let everybody know where they can find your, your candles, what your website is, all that stuff. Your OnlyFans, your Cash App, all that stuff. Oh my god. <laughs> So my name is Jazz and I make soy wax candles. Um, my Instagram is handmade by Jazz, J-A-S-C, and my website is lightyourvibration.com. Check out my stuff, please. <laughs> All right, we definitely will. Uh, everybody needs some good scented, you said candles, right? Yeah, scented okay. candles. That's always a good thing. So definitely follow and check out uh, when it comes to that. South Breeze is now back. Finally, the nigga that didn't invite me to the show. Bro, this fucking internet is trash. You said you was working. What do you mean? I said at eight. I, you know what? It don't even matter. Go ahead. I need to put some chapstick on. Jesus Christ. Anyways, uh, I don't know what y'all talked about, but it's probably very productive. Wow. King Quest, that's not funny. He said I had to put my LOL disc back in the computer again. I have a Mac. I don't have a disc drive in my shit, so that's, that's absurd. Anywho. Everybody's weekend was good, I'm assuming, because I asked and the internet cut out because it's ass. But let's get right into it because I'm tired of playing with these people. Uh, Derek Chauvin, everybody's aware of the, the, the happenings of his trial, correct? Yes. I just want to get y'all thoughts because everybody sees the number uh, that was trending 22.5 years in prison, um, which honestly, I don't think that's, well, nobody thinks it's enough for murder. But I think it is a big step in the right direction to show police that they will be held accountable if all the stars line up and they're recorded on camera. They have plenty of witnesses, which, again, I've advised this podcast. If you see something shady with the cops, pull your phone out because you could, you know, potentially get a bad cop locked up. But I guess what are y'all's initial thoughts on the sentencing? What do you think about it? Do you think it's enough? And uh, is he going to die in prison? Like, does he have to serve all the time? I didn't really read the details as far as if you could get out for like cut some time off for like a uh, good behavior or something like that is this like fully served 22 or is it shortened or not so we'll, we'll let the guests go first jazz what do you think about this um i do think it is a step in the right direction as far as um actually getting a conviction i did see on twitter that they were saying that he only had to serve like 15 years i'm not sure with like good behavior i'm not sure if that's true or not um but ultimately i feel like I don't know. I feel like 22 years is not enough time because a life was taken. Um, but I am glad to see that there was at least like a conviction. Well, this first of all, I like to say gorgeous. Your hair is beautiful. It's like a silky angel. <laughs> oh my God. I'm really just sitting over here. Thank mesmerized. you. Like, God damn. They got a fine one on this time. Oh my so, God. Anyway. Jeff, what, what's your thoughts on it? Because I'm going to get right into it as a nigga that's been to jail three times. Uh, shout out to South Breeze for definitely coming through in the clutch in 2009 to, to make sure I didn't go to jail that time. You remember what I'm talking about. Thank you, my brother. And Jeff has no take because she doesn't. I, I was just listening to him flirting and telling his jail stories. And yeah. It's not enough time, in my opinion. I'm glad he got convicted, but I mean, he took a life like horribly, sat on the man's neck for what seven minutes and stuff. So I hope he dies in jail, but he's probably going to be protected by the police in there the whole time and get out early and retire in Florida. So fuck him. Him and his family can go rot in hell. That's all I got. Yeah, if he's only going to do like 15 years, I mean, this dude is, he's 45 right now. So he'll be out in his, like, 
late 60s, maybe early 70s. And it's just like, I'm not saying that's young. And obviously 15, 20 years is still a long time in jail. But considering what he did and what people have gone to jail for, like people have gone to jail for longer for like marijuana possession. You know, they've gotten 20 years for that, you know, the whole three strike stuff. So for him to do what he did and for everybody to see it and for him to still have the ability to maybe get out of jail and continue to live his life. I don't know. That doesn't really that doesn't feel like justice. But I'm I'm just happy that um, uh, George Floyd's family got got a payoff. I'm glad they got money behind this, because if I was their family and they're like, well, he might get out in 20 years. I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. Well, they were saying under Minnesota law, he faced up to four decades until the prosecution team requested he get 30 years behind bars. So, again, like, I know it doesn't seem like it's a win, but this is progressively better than cops literally getting off a murder and getting another job. So now they're like, oh, shit, like we can actually go to jail for this, whether it be 20 years or life. Like, hopefully that deters some other uh, quote unquote bad apples from making bad decisions. Uh, Mr. Savage has a chopper loaded up. Let me get your thoughts on Mr. Shelton. I definitely don't have a chopper loaded up, but thank you very much. Um, <laughs> so as a black man in society that is kind of just used to getting shit on and shat on and sat on and choked to death and killed over loose cigarettes or loose, loose uh, CDs and uh, I can't sit up, I can't wear a hoodie, I can't do different things like that. I mean, it's a, it's a very, very, very small victory. Um, I didn't even really celebrate it, to be honest with you. Like, I I expected him to be the sacrificial lamb. I believe that he'll probably get maybe 10 years since he's already had some time served. Um, he'll get out. He'll be 55. He'll probably go to Georgia or Florida, start his new career somewhere under a different name, if he even goes to jail at all. Uh, it, it's really sad that we even have to celebrate these small victories. I mean, the only thing we ask is that you just stop killing us for no reason and, you know, let the justice system, you know, deal with us fairly the way that it should for whatever crime we did or didn't commit. So, um, you know, it's a small victory. It's not good enough. I mean, I, for one, have been very much reading my Malcolm X and I'm, I'm all about that eye for an eye. I felt like he killed one of us. We should have killed one of him. Uh, I know my views when I supported by this podcast so that's my thought yeah <clears throat> again so i mean it is progress we'll see what happens uh I, I think it'll be hard for him to actually work again once he gets out he's gonna be hella old but in this day and age with how some of these people are celebrated and worshipped as celebrities for these things he could probably get out and get a bag from wild gofundme people so yeah i mean it is what it is uh r.i.p george floyd shout out to his family crazy uh we talked about his monuments last week that were put up in uh brooklyn and newark new jersey and one of them has already been vandalized so it's already started so but i mean it is what it is man we already know what the what the game is okay so next topic one reason i specifically want to have jiff on is talk about these motherfucking hawks fans right so that hawks pack went up the other night they got their asses beat down by the bucks after it was all this Trey Bay and Ice Trey and all this nonsense, <clears throat> Trey's the GOAT, Trey's the next Steph Curry, all this nonsense after one playoff run, which I'm not going to lie, it's been a very impressive, historic playoff run. Shout out to the Hawks for doing their thing. But being a supporter of the Atlanta Falcons, just being surrounded on my timeline with, with Atlanta people, they are like the most mentally depraved people I've ever been around. Jazz, you from Atlanta? 
Yeah, I'm from Atlanta. Okay, so you know you know about this on the timeline. Like, Falcons and Hawks fans, they just want to be they want to be like what is what is it? They want to be oppressed so bad, right? They want oh nobody believed in us. Oh, everybody said we were trash. Remember back in the day when nobody rode for us, they didn't believe in us. ESPN said we was gonna lose. I'm like you've done nothing in your previous history to, to say otherwise. You know what I'm saying? Like they're gonna pick what looks best by their analytics and whatnot. But well, can we, anyway. can, we can we say something about this whole the, the fake persecution of like Hawks fans? So like the yeah. first round, four or five matchup between the Knicks. The Hawks are the five seed, Knicks are the four seed. I thought that was a toss-up. Like it, that could have went a- anyway. So I don't think ESPN or any other major networks picking the Knicks is disrespectful to the Hawks. They the Hawks win, that's great. Move on to the next round. You're facing Philadelphia. Philadelphia's been one of the best teams in the NBA the entire year. And why wouldn't is why wouldn't major sports out, outlets pick the better team on paper throughout the entire season? It's not disrespectful to Atlanta for them to be like, you know what? I think the Philadelphia 76ers, who have been the two seed that have a defensive player of the year candidate and an MVP candidate, we're picking that team to beat a five seed Hawks team that has a bunch of young players that haven't been there before. And the Hawks won. That's even better. They have like I would honest, I would love for Hawks fans to be honest about this. When the season ended, when the playoffs started, did you think that you would be here? Because I don't think that Hawks fans in their wildest dreams thought that they'd be tied 1-1 in the Eastern Conference Finals. So I don't think it's disrespectful for other media outlets to be like, oh, yeah, we're not gonna, we're not picking the Hawks against the Sixers. We're not picking the Hawks against the Bucks. We're not going to pick the Hawks. Like, if, if the Hawks make it to the Finals, they're probably not going to get picked there. But you didn't have them getting there either. You're just rooting for them. Like you wouldn't have, yeah. bet, you wouldn't have bet money that the Hawks would have beat the Sixers. Like get out of here. Yeah, it's a it's a whole thing where like you you have to either like drop to your knees and praise them. You can't be critical at all without some. Mm, I almost said a bad word. Without some idiotic fans jumping at your matches. Perfect example. One of the homies shot to Freddie Beats from Reduce Lunch Podcast. He he did the whole Atlanta thing, which he's not even a Hawks fan, but he did the whole Luca Trey comparison thing. Like, oh, uh, Trey Young just beat a fully healthy uh, Philadelphia team. And Luca's at home, and I was like, all I tweeted out was, "Did Embiid's knee heal up?" Because he had like a torn meniscus, he had knee problems the entire season. I tweet that out, and uh, let's see, Flatland underscore G underscore Baby came out and said. Wasn't wasn't nothing wrong with that nigga's knee, bro. He was perfectly fine. Doc was capping. And I'm just like, because a doctor will risk a decade of school to give a false diagnosis. Makes sense. I'm like, what are y'all like? What are you talking about? He's like, oh, I'm not disputing the doctor. What you're saying is someone who played how he played is still considered injured. I get it. Y'all want the 76ers to win too bad. I'm like, who is y'all? I'm not a 76ers fan. Like, I didn't even watch the game. But to come out here and say they beat a fully healthy squad is just not true. Like, it doesn't take away from the win. You got that. But this idea that because you're objective about a team, that you're a hater, that you're not rooting for them, like, Good for them, but that doesn't change the fact that MB's knee wasn't healthy. As if players don't play hurt all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, what what are we what are we talking about? Like, use your own logic and use your brain. So, but you know, fans get emotional and they can't uh, they can't do that. But anywho, yeah, definitely with uh, Atlanta being basically Niggerville, USA, I don't expect nothing less because Thanks. black people ain't used to shit. 
So as soon as you get a little bit, you flex, you, you, you try your hardest, and then you get your ass brought back to reality. And that's what happened the other night when that pack went up. And, oh, my God, it was so sweet to see it go up because I'm tired of you obnoxious atlians or atlians, whatever you call yourselves. Like, come on, man. Win with some pride, with some dignity. We remember 28 to 3. You guys were celebrating early. We were here on this podcast. We remember that. And you know what? I felt bad because the jokes flew and flew and flew and they rise up like the Atlanta Falcons do. But it just it gets annoying when you're I mean I'm a I'm a fan of a loser team too, a poverty fa- franchise. A very poverty franchise who had one good fucking season and thought y'all were going to the motherfucking Super Bowl. You need we, to we weren't we was gonna win that bitch. We was cheated. Right. But look, it doesn't look, it doesn't matter we at your goddamn mouth. Say something. We say acted, we, I, I have to wear this group, this grill because it's my last group before I get braces, so I want to go and get my wear and tear out of it. And cuss your motherfucking ass out. Okay, like Cinder Avenger, please take several seats down. Fill out. Unwrap your double Ds and let's get it together, ma'am. Okay. You don't want to need to act like you've been there before. I'm seeing you a person who is not from First of all, this has nothing to do with the Jags. This see, this is I don't know. This is kind of the toxic Atlanta energy, though. Like y'all would like the T would, and people are still bad as hell for no reason. Like I, I don't understand it. My thing is, if you're gonna be chirping at other teams' players and calling other players hoes and bitches, when y'all take the L, I need y'all to keep that same energy because, like Trey Young said. I definitely need y'all to keep that same energy too. And remember, nigga, I'm the mod too, so I can put you on mute. So thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just trying to make a good podcast because I can't hear y'all both talk at the same time. But yes, yeah, keep that same energy. If y'all, if y'all gonna be loud, call them M bitch and all kinds of craziness, I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, Trey's about to come get in that ass, and then he gets clapped. Keep that same energy. It was quiet as church bounce in the timeline last night. That's all I'm saying. But yeah, shout out. <laughs> Oh my oh, god! She ain't slow. Nice name. That, was, <laughs> <laughs> that that was that was a lot to take in, but uh, I, this this isn't gonna drop until Tuesday, and I think they play a couple more games until this podcast <laughs> drops. So this is gonna be funny to listen to if the Hawks go up like two one. Well, but but the other thing is like the, I guess they didn't look at it too. Like the the Hawks won the first game like one sixteen and one thirteen, but Trey Young had to score forty eight points to win by three. So that that could be something they want to watch out. Well, it's for. not. It's not. It's not Trey Young. Trey Young is going to do what Trey Young does. Uh, he like didn't that, do that last night. Well, or the other last, night. last night wasn't a. It was like an anomaly almost. But the thing is, is that in that first game, John Collins put up like twenty five points. Those are the guys you need to stop. It's like Trey Young. He's when your your star is going to play well on the road. So Trey Young is going to put up 30, 40, whatever for the most part. You got to stop those other guys from 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 getting buckets. So Jazz, played, Jazz, if you have going to a finals. 15 minutes, he played 28 minutes and scored 15 points. That's negative 29 the plus minus. That's I mean, if you if you're a superstar like Twitter has, has proclaimed you to be, and the next Steph Curry is they proclaimed you to be, you can't have it. That's all I'm saying. Like be be realistic, be objective. Like he's good, but let's 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 pump the brakes. Let's let's pump the brakes a little bit. Just slow down. Enjoy it. Have fun. Don't let your blood pressure get too high. But anywho, 
Yeah, I can't believe Moses. Jeff hops on this podcast. And gives oh my god! But you know, it's all you talk too much. I love you too. about Atlanta stuff. I'm not even a goddamn Hawks. He don't really, he don't really talk about shit though. He don't even talk shit. He's, we've been yes, to multiple he does. Podcasts. With we've been the multiple Falcons games. Anyways, I, I'm I'm done with that. The Hawks pack went up. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Protect your neck out here. Uh, let's go, let's go, let's go. So I guess it was the 25th anniversary of Michael uh, Michael Jackson. I don't say Michael Jordan. Michael Jackson's death. Uh, we know that Marcus Sniffles is a a huge Michael Jackson fan, and I just want to get his takes on where he was when uh, you know the King of Pop passed away 25 years ago. Was it 25? Am I tripping? It wasn't yeah, you're, you're definitely tripping. Facts don't matter. Whatever. 15. Oh, like, he died a little while ago. 25 years ago, I was like an elementary school. Like, <laughs> I think 25 years ago, I discovered Michael Jackson, I think. Uh, no, I'm getting that confused with the uh, Nintendo 64 release. My bad. That was 25 years ago? Yeah. Jesus. That's next. But anyway, what do you say on Michael Jackson? Uh, okay, so where I was at, I was in, I was in the military. I was in Korea. I was working the back gate with. Uh, I remember her name, who I was working with. I'm not going to say her name on here, but uh, uh, we were listening to the uh, to the radio, and it they broke through uh, the news and, and announced that, and then. Um, what was it? Uh, they played a, a Jackson Five song right after that, and then during that time, I think my mom called me and told me, which was kind of I was like, "How did you? How are you?" I don't remember how she was able to call me, but yeah, my mom called me and told me, and right after that, uh, they played pretty much Michael Jackson the entire the rest of the the, the shift, and it just kind of goes to show like what his impact was, like how big of an artist he is, because they're not breaking into Korean programming for every artist that's out right now. Like, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, like Shorty, when Shorty Lowe died, they're not breaking in. Like Korea is not telling me that, that that happened. Like no disrespect to him, but he's more of an American artist, more of a Southern artist. People in Korea don't really know who that is, but Michael Jackson is global. Like everybody listens to Michael Jackson. So he gets that kind of, treatment and there's not a lot of artists that would honestly get that to where you're just listening to korean radio and they're just like hey we need to let you know this nigga in america from indiana just died and you need to know about it here in south korea facts uh jazz are you a big michael jackson fan or yeah so i grew up listening to michael jackson um i remember when I got the news, so like I was like young and I was like sneaking on the computer at home and I was on my I was on like the Yahoo homepage and it was like the headlines and I was like, oh my gosh, like like Michael Jackson just died. So I called my mom and like I just remember like everybody like just being so shocked and like in disbelief. What would you say your favorite Michael Jackson song is if you had to guess off the dome? Um, hmm. I, I, so my grandmother had bought me like this, like MJ, um, like music video, like DVD. And so, like, I used to love like watching like the thriller music video. So I would go with thriller. That was probably my favorite. 
It was like the Michael Jackson's like greatest hits. Hmm. Are we okay? Oh, so I'm just, I'm, I'm just gonna ask this one question. We don't have to do any follow ups. We don't need any explanations or anything. Okay. So, you can only take one Michael Jackson album with you. Are you taking Thriller or okay. Off the Wall? I'm taking Thriller. <laughs> what? Like, what do you have? No, that, that's fine. No, that's fine. We can. We can. I just. I just wanted to. That, I just wanted to see what type of a person you are, and that kind of that tells me. Oh, a lot what does about that tell you about me? It tells me that you don't use your ears. Okay, so uh, Jeff, you. are you are you a Michael Jackson fan? Yes or no? Of course. <laughs> oh, oh wow! So where where were you with with Michael Jackson pass? What what were you doing? What are your thoughts? What are your favorite songs? Um, when he passed, I'm not gonna tell you I was doing any past. I can't say. Oh, that. oh come God. on! <laughs> you what? can't be that horny. You can't be that horny. You're like Twitter. Jesus. <laughs> 24-7. Jesus Christ. Why are you like this? <laughs> I don't know. You know, God, the Lord made me like this, and y'all just need to deal with Y'all have known I'm like this for like years now, so I don't know why I keep doing this. Anyways, I found out, and I was really sad. And that's it. Anyways, my favorite song is probably You Rock My World. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mr. Savage. Don't me like that, Savage. Don't come to the screen. I'm tired of your shit. No, something's wrong with my nose. Jesus Christ, man. I'm... You sniffing that white girl? No, I... <laughs> no. Um, when Michael Jackson that. passed, I was working for a Fortune 500 company, and I came into work drunk off Southern <laughs> Comfort. And uh, I just remember seeing like a lot of people crying and I was like, wow, you know, what's going on? And, um, you know, I heard the news and I was really sad. Like, I was like, dang, you know, it's one of the people that you thought would kind of live forever based off of their legacy. Um, My favorite song is definitely Dirty Diana. I remember downloading the lyrics and singing it to girls on the school bus. Um, This was years after it already came out. But okay. yeah, I'm just <laughs> singing it and thrusting and doing all the stuff oh, I love wow. to do. Y'all talk about me. <laughs> as a teenager. What'd you say? I'm sorry. Y'all talk about me. Oh, oh, I thought you said something else that was perverted. But um, you know, it was definitely sad. And I'm still sad. Like I still I hate to say this, but as you get older, you're like, dang, you know, man. I, I was kind of old enough and I made enough money at the time to have probably been able to go to that concert. And when these legends start to pass, you're like, dang, man, I never got to see that person in concert. You know, I never got to to, to experience that. But Michael Jackson was definitely an all time favorite. Probably he was my second favorite artist of all third favorite artist of all time when he passed. So. That's true. I think uh, seeing things like that in, in artists passing away does make you because I wasn't a big uh tour goer like I didn't go I didn't go to my first concert until I was like 30. So I was just like there was just a part of me was just like you know what I need to start getting out and seeing these musicians live because I mean it's one thing to hear it you know at home and it's another thing to like watch it on TV watch them do it do it live but then it's another thing to actually go there and to be able to see them and like kind of experience them doing what it is that they do best. So like there's, I mean, t- 
2021 is about to destroy my pockets because everybody is going on tour now. So I, I I have tickets to go see uh, Thundercat. I'm trying to get tickets to see J. Cole. Uh, I'm pretty sure Drake's going to go on tour this year. And I'm sure someone else is. And it's just like Conway the Machine's going on tour. I'm still debating on that. But like, I, I agree with the Dolphins. It's like, if you have a chance to see an artist that you love listening to, you should go see them. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I've seen the GOAT Kanye West perform two times. I was going to go try to see him three, but uh, that's when his uh, estranged wife, Kim K, allegedly got uh, robbed in Paris and he canceled his uh, second show in Newark. So I could not go double dip on the T-Lop tour. But yeah, it was definitely an impactful moment. I know that there's been a lot of chatter about R&B artists this week regarding like T-Pain and Usher and Beyonce. But like, Michael Jackson is truly like the father to the style for a lot of these people. And the reason a lot of these R&B singers are here right now, you know what I'm saying? So you got to really pay homage to him and his greatness and what he brought to the game. And I'm still upset that we never got to hear the, you don't have to call version for Michael Jackson. I think he had killed that. I think it have slid on that. I think it have did just as good, if not better than Usher, man. Nah. Really? His voice is too light. Hey, it don't, it's still, it's still, it still would have been a vibe, though. Nah, it's still, it still would have been a vibe, though. The bridge would have been Especially if he would have said, tonight I'm going out with my nigga. <laughs> I'd have, hey, I'd have believed every word of it, dog. Tito. <laughs> Let's go. You'd have to put this Indiana voice on for that shit. <laughs> hey, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it would have slid, but um, I think that I would say, uh, I think what I'm, I have to say, if I had to pick right now, my favorite Michael Jackson song would probably be uh, Do You Remember the Time? I, I like that song. Oh, no, I like Damn. It's either Do You Remember the Time or uh, Leave Me Alone, one of those two. Ooh. I was like, I like the tracks in those songs. Leave Me Alone is very, very unique. The video was pretty cool, pretty disturbing if you really look at it. But yeah, it's a pretty cool video, pretty cool song. But you really can't go wrong with like any Michael Jackson song you pick for the most part. I mean, some of his older stuff is kind of trash, but. It is what it is, but shout out to Michael Jackson, RP the GOAT. Appreciate everything for the game. Ah, man. What do we got? What do we got? Go oh, so this who? Uh, Rock with you is my favorite Michael Jackson song. Did you, uh, y'all don't listen to Joe Budden, right? I'm the only one that's uh, a loyal listener. No, no. Joe Budden is, Joe Budden is hilarious, man. <laughs> so, side note with the Michael Jackson joint, I guess there's a, a YouTube video or some documentary where it had a Rod Tepperson, the dude that wrote like all of Thriller, pretty much. And they had like clips of him like producing songs, like he had a demo for Rock With You. It was pretty cool, like him like putting together the melodies for it, just kind of humming it out and like doing the uh, reference tracks for it. It was pretty cool, him playing the keyboard and stuff like that. So, it was, it sounded terrible, like his voice wasn't good, but <laughs> But he put it together. I'm like, damn, that's that's pretty cool. He, he come up with that creatively. So, so he kind of gave you like a. So you're saying uh, Michael Jackson didn't write or produce it uh, through it? No, Rod Temperton was the uh, the person. Rod Temperton and uh, Quincy Jones. Gotcha. I guess Thriller is a cool album if you get like the deluxe version. Because I've bought it like three times. That's probably the only album I've purchased more than once. But if you get like the deluxe version, it has like you know Quincy Jones talking about Rod Temperson and then producing Thriller. I think they said they recorded over three hundred songs for Thriller. That's so insane. That's, that's impressive. That's pretty cool. So I love hearing about the creative process with stuff like that. So shout out to KJ. Oh, here comes Lowski Woski with his wild ass. Was good, hey, bro. Um, the Broski Woski. 
Yes, calling me all kinds of nasty names on the Twitter timeline hurt my feelings <laughs> per usual, but you know, it is what it is. Appreciate the support, even though you're very mean to me. But anywho, uh, one thing that caught my attention on the timeline was uh, Jazz, have you ever heard of anything called like a, a redneck rave? Are you familiar with that? No, what's, so what's that about? It's kind of like the uh, inverse of the ATL orgy, right? Mm-hmm. So there's this, this place in Kentucky. Uh, where the headline says, which caught my eye, redneck rave in Kentucky ends with a slit throat, impalement, and mass arrest. So, yeah. What? Redneck rave ends in slit throat, impalement, and mass arrest. I thought it was like part two of the insurrection, just with more lights and alcohol, but the first paragraph says, the redneck rave in Kentucky built as America's wildest and crazy country party is in the mass arrest for drug possession, strangulation, and throat slitting via the Lexington Herald Ledger. Uh, this event took place in Edmond County, blah, blah, blah. The five day festival, Jesus oh Christ. <laughs> the five day festival organized by country rapper Justin Time, never heard of this dude, was supposed to be about mud, music, and mayhem. So those three things tell me that that is nowhere that my black ass needs to be. Yeah, <laughs> so let's see. They said they did routine searches for the vehicles and whatnot. They said the very first car they searched, the very first one, they found meth, marijuana, and an open container for alcohol. So yeah, it was it was lit. Uh, they said one man had his throat slit by his friend. They were intoxicated, got into a fight, and one of them slit the other one's throat and then fled into the park. So if you're the type of friend that's got to slip my throat, we get in a fight. I don't think we should be friends no more, but uh, nah, man. yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> my, my first thought for this was bring the pandemic back. Cause like when we was inside, like this shit wasn't happening. You yeah. let these crazy people at the house and they wild it out, slitting throats, doing meth. I guarantee <laughs> there was not one mask to be found in that crowd. Not one mask, especially in Kentucky. So. Uh, yeah. yeah, I didn't see Fox News talking about this, talking about these rappers or thugs influencing the community, you know, ruining our kids. They ain't asking no fathers we're at. I'm just, I'm just waiting for Fox News to pick this up. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Mitch McConnell. But, yeah, I found that to be interesting. Uh, Jazz, what is the wildest party you've been to, and does it compare to the Redneck Rave? <laughs> hmm. The wildest party. So... Now I went to Alabama State, um, so like it's a small town or whatever, and they used to have parties at this place called the Greenhouse, which the Greenhouse like doubled as like a tattoo parlor and barbershop during the day, and it was like in this little shotgun house. Oh, that had, a tattoo parlor and a barbershop? That's a wild yeah. combination to have. Yeah. <laughs> so in the living room, it was like the barbershop, and then the like kitchen area, it was like the tattoo parlor. Um, so I feel like that's a health code violation. Yeah. So it probably was like a two bedroom house. And um, I went in there and it was like probably like 50 people in this tiny house. And like people were jumping up and down. It kind of reminded me of, did y'all see like that, um, that video of like people, I forgot what song was playing. Um, but like the floor caved in at the party. It was like uh, on Twitter. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so it kind of reminded me of that. Like people were just jumping up and down. Um, people were popping pills, like drinking. It was just, it was like so wild. Like it was, it was terrible. 
It was <laughs> like it was really wild. Like people were throwing up outside of the house. Like it's just it was a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even want to ask Jeff what's the wildest party she's been to because I feel like it's probably pretty X rated. It's right. not X rated. A Wait. swingers party or something. No, hey. I've hey. never. Wow. Hey. Okay, a squirt yeah. off party or something. Oh, there you go. There you a go. squirt off party in 4K. Oh, what? <laughs> wow. No, that is not the wildest. You know what? The wildest party I've ever been to is with white people. I went to a PWI in one of those flyover states. I'm not even going to say which one. And, you know, white people in college just, they do all the drugs, all of the drugs. Um, they do all of the drinking. They drink everything that you should not drink. And someone thought they could fly off a third story um, balcony and they learned they couldn't fly. And people cheered when they fell on the ground and still kept partying, even when the ambulance showed up. And they tried to get the ambulance people drunk, too. So, yeah, that was a lot. That was the wildest party I've ever been to. Was that someone you that was trying to fly? Uh, it was some white man. Did I know him? I can't remember. It was a long time ago. And I was pretty drunk that night. Well, I'm glad it didn't go in the direction I thought it was going to go. So I actually give you props for that. Good, oh, well, good I won't tell you those stories. Like, why would I say those stories? Maybe if we ever get a Patreon set up, we can uh, tell, tell your wild. You can pay me. You can pay me and I'll tell <laughs> some stories. I mean, you know what? I might hold that to the side. I might, I might actually think about that. Maybe we get your voice like blocked out or something like that, like they do on those uh, radio yeah, shows, like please, a little voice please, manipulator. Please my voice because some of those people still follow me on Twitter right now, and no, you will never ever know who. None of y'all will know who on Twitter. Jazz is looking like she's trying to get it out of me. It's not happening, Jazz. Uh, Mr. Savage, what what would you say the wildest party you've been to? Oh, I knew you were going to come to me. So first, I want to give a shout out to the brother that took me there. If you follow the podcast, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Me and him ran a train on this girl named Kat back in the day. Shout out to my homeboy, Anthony. Uh, happy birthday. You know how we do. So uh, Anthony is Asian and white. And he's kind of a wigger or a igger, I guess, with an A. I don't know. But he invited me to this party where it was white people. And it was the first time that I'd seen cocaine. I'd seen crack before, but I'd never seen cocaine. So there were white people doing lines of coke. There was bare knuckle boxing in the backyard. There were kegs. 
that you open a door, people were having sex, blowjobs, all kind of stuff. We trashed that whole beautiful house up in Middleburg, Florida, and we had a ball. And I mean, I could tell it was a bit of racism going on because there was this white person that kept trying to get me to box him one-on-one. I, I didn't do it because I was like, you know what? This sounds like it, it's just me and one Asian dude. I think it was maybe one other black person that may be an Oreo and I'm not that. So I didn't buy, fight, fight this dude, but it was a hell of a party. Like I've never seen people do Coke before. These boys was coked up, peels up, Percocet, Molly, whatever you think. They were doing it all. It, it was just pure madness going on. And I think I didn't go home to like six in the morning at night. And um, we, we had a good time. We had a really good time. Shout out to Anthony. We got to hook up again, too. Um, he actually did this tattoo on my arm as well. It's faded now. Uh, you know, don't, don't ever go to a tattoo party and get a cheap tattoo. But, um, yeah, that's, that was the, the madness that went on. So shout out to you, Anthony, on your birthday. Uh, shout out to white people who know how to have a good time. I think that was my first time ever trying a Jaeger bomb, too. Those shits are nasty. But, they you are know, nasty as fuck. God. Awful. Ugh. Yeah, I threw up after drinking. Ugh. Never again. That didn't even taste good. Yeah, that's nah, that's like the official drink of the insurrection, like Gager bombs. <laughs> uh, Marcus, please tell us about your your, your Project X party experience. I feel like you should have came to me first and went to Adolphus last because I don't think I'm going to be able to talk anything <laughs> that he said. Uh, I haven't been to anything close to that. The only thing I've like I would when we when I was going to clubs, it was during the crunk era, so there was a lot of fighting, a lot of bottles getting smashed over people's heads and stuff like that. So that's about as wild as it gets. But there was no like backyard boxing mixed with tattoos and haircuts. Like I didn't have that experience. Just a lot of people getting their ass kicked to Lil John and Lil Scrappy and all them boys. So I feel bad for security guards in the clubs back then. Like they have to have PTSD at this point. Like. They cannot be enjoying life. Like they didn't get paid enough to do that. Fair enough. So being the God fearing Christian brother that I am with my family values and wholesomeness, I don't participate in those activities. Whoa, but hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 and it wasn't like a crazy party. It was more like, you know, some kid shit. But the one wild thing I did see was I saw this girl like twerking on another dude. Actually, like giving the dude a lap dance. Baby, I seen the picture you dropped last week. You still look good, mommy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you was there. I was like, yo, dog, like your girl over here grinding on this other dude, dog. Like, you're not going to fight him or nothing, dog. You just going to leave him. Like, damn, bro. He went out sad, but. Yeah, the one time I stepped out the house, I saw, you know, some very sad activity, but I, I don't participate in, you know, orgies like Jeff Queen or cocaine like uh, Mr. Savage. I'm, I'm God-fearing. Oh, nice. you know, I, I got prayer worship after this, like prayer study. I'll definitely pray for you guys. Um, I pray too, nigga. Just be, you know what, I was going to say something foul. I'm not going to say that. I was going to say just because you're on your knees don't mean you're pregnant. You know, oh. whoever needs that. Yeah, I, I eat pussy. Whoa! <laughs> That's pretty. Pray. You, knees are very versatile things. You know, you can do a lot on your knees. I know it's got to support all that meat you got. You know what I'm saying? Drop Yo. that link. Drop that link. 
No. No. All right. <laughs> Only Michael's got a fucking home Hey, you know what I'm saying? We're not the pandemic, we're the pandemic. I get this money any way you can. Make this money work. We're getting straightening right now, man. <laughs> Okay, yeah, so earlier, as, as uh, Mr. Savage put up, uh, the Nintendo 64 dropped 25 years ago. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah, I, I got I got one. I found one for, like, $15 at, like, a, a, a fucking swap, not a swap meet, but, like, one in place where I saw old shit. But, um, yeah, it, I don't know. From Jazz's story, I feel like this is before her time. Uh, Jazz, you know what Nintendo 64 is? Are you familiar yes, with that I technology? <laughs> okay. okay, just just making sure. Yes, you have to blow in the bottom sometimes. No, okay, no. Nah, let's you gotta blow that. what? Hold that thought. Hold yeah, that thought. Get, Hold that get your mind out the gutter. Hold that thought. <laughs> so always- we'll we'll go we'll get back to that. So it was 25 years ago. I remember when they first came out, they were a hundred and seventy-four dollars and ninety-nine cent retail. Either 174 or 274. You Google that shit. But anyways, yeah, at the time it was pretty cool, man. Like in my mind, I can't remember when they kind of faded out because at one point they it was the system to have, but there's a lot of debate on the timeline what the best game was. I know a lot of people are gonna say one in particular game, <clears throat> but I think that's cap. But we'll start with uh let's start with the let's say jazz. What was your favorite N64 game while I look up something? Um I'm not sure. So my brother had the game and we used to play like Mario. I don't even know if Mario was on that, but we used to play like a lot of like Mario Kart games, Mario Brothers. So that's, that's a good answer. Good answer. Clap it up. Good good answer. Okay, yeah, it was two two fifty when the release. I think it was like two seventy four with tax. But all right, shout out to Mario. You can never go wrong with that. It's a classic game, no matter what era. Uh, Marcus, what, what would you say the, the GOAT N64 game is? Okay. Um, I will say that my favorite game for the Nintendo 64 is going to be GoldenEye. That's the game I played the most. I remember playing the most. The best game for the Nintendo 64, Legend of Zelda. Ocarina of Time. It's the best game for the Nintendo 64. King Quest at Pokemon Stadium. Eh, fuck out of here. Nah, that's, that's a good game. That's not a bad choice. It's not a bad choice. Not a bad choice. Not a bad choice. Top, uh, top, top 10. I'll give him top 10. Uh, Mr. I feel like Mr. Savage is going to have the same uh, answer, but I'll let him go ahead. <laughs> so, actually, um, got a funny story. Ooh, so, I this is my stories. original Nintendo Ooh. 64. From 1996? Yeah, 96. So that Christmas it came out. I I begged for it. I cheated in school. Did everything I needed to do to ensure I would get it, right? So my mom puts the gifts out. You know, I get my little pocket knife that I was suspended for the year before. I actually expelled. And I slice open the sides of my gift, right? Just a little tear, peep into it. And my mom bought me like a bunch of board games and stuff like that. And she found out that I was actually like sneaking and doing that. I wasn't very good at, at stealing as of yet. Um, years later, she let me know that she actually did buy me the Nintendo 64 then, but because I was 
you know, looking for it and opening gifts and rewrapping them and stuff. She actually took it back and I got it for my birthday a few months later. But uh, regardless of that, my actual favorite game would be my first game, which is Turok, um, the Dinosaur Hunter. Like, I love that game. It was something different. You know, you're it's not your standard game. You're hunting dinosaurs, killing them. You're an Indian. You know, well, Star Fox 64 was sweet as fuck, too. I'm not even going to lie. Um, GoldenEye, which I got here. And this Star Wars game was actually lit. Like, I'm a, I'm a true Star Wars nerd. Star Wars was my shit. So definitely my favorite game. But, yeah, I've, I've been rocking this Nintendo 64 for 25 years now. Like, you know, shout out to my mom. She definitely came through with all the systems for the kid, even though I was no good in school. Thank you very much, mama. Shout out to Mom Dukes. Um, yeah, I just really I just looked up a list of all the N64 games. There was quite a few. I know GoldenEye is usually like the popular answer. Um, I wouldn't. GoldenEye was cool, I, I guess maybe because I played so many better games. Now I'm like, eh, whatever. But I probably say the most fun I had playing on 64 is probably like Mario Kart or uh, another one I just saw in here it was 1080 snowboarding was pretty fun. Oh, that was tight too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all the wrestling games. All the wrestling games were extremely fun, man. My friend used to beat the shit out of me in them games. I mean, I'd be so frustrated because I couldn't do none of the special moves and I would just lose instantly because he'd like Star Wars stun me or put me in the rock bottom or something like that. So I had to go probably wrestling or Mario Kart just because Goldmine was cool, but I don't know. I know there's a lot of tricks in that shit, but it, it was pretty fun. I'll beat anybody's ass in Goldeneye. Everybody, everybody says that, but I, I just think that's more cap too. So that is not cap. Y'all weren't putting in work like that. <laughs> Please, y'all, y'all was out here getting educated and whatnot, reading books and shit. Uh, <clears throat> back to Jazz's earlier comment. That's that's the the biggest cap I've seen on the timeline for the '64. I had never in my life, not one time, had to blow inside a Nintendo '64 cartridge. I think that's something that people brought over from the regular Nintendo that you had to do, which I did that frequently. But I never even crossed my mind to blow into a 64 cartridge. Like, it never messed up. Like, I just put that shit in and cut it on and it worked. So I think that's just people on the time I lie or whatever. I'm not saying you're a liar per se, but I, me personally, I never had to do that. But you know what I'm saying? Different strokes for different folks. All the time. And my friends <laughs> blowing that shit. I mean, yeah. oh, so okay. If the if the game didn't work, what happened when you cut it on? Because I've never cut an. I can cut my shit on. My shit's in the closet right now. Not my original one, but my, my second one. But I cut it on with no problem, and the shit's not in the best condition. Like, what happens if you cut it on and it don't work? What does the screen look like? Because I've never seen it not work before. That shit just wouldn't work. And sometimes in the middle of the game, that shit would be like glitching or whatever. Yeah, like freezing up. Or something. <laughs> yeah. Take the bitch out and blow it, put it back in, turn it back on, and then you were good to go. Okay. That's that's what it was. I respect it. But yeah, shout out to Shout to the Switch. Switch is pretty fun. They put a lot of the old games in the Switch. I have a Switch. I never play it, not a lot of collect stuff, but it is what it is. Uh Jazz, you look like you might be a TikToker. I know I'm I'm kinda getting at you, but I've never talked to you, so <laughs> I feel like you yeah. have a TikTok. Okay. I do. Oh, did you and one, of my, one of my um, TikToks went viral, actually. Hey. So I was like making tea 
and it like went crazy. Um, did you put it on Twitter? Uh, I don't know. No. I think I did. Did I? No. Oh, yeah. Put well, it on Twitter. I'm curious now. I'm intrigued. But <clears throat> did you hear about the uh, the TikTok uh, boycott that was going on? Like all the black creators stopped giving <laughs> white people money, pretty much for giving them material to steal, for the most part. Yeah. So I've definitely seen where um, like a black creator will come up with like a dance or like a very popular like sound on TikTok, and they'll probably get like maybe like ten thousand likes. And then, like, I'll see, like, a white person do the same exact thing, but without, you know, as much flavor, I guess. And then they get, like, mm-hmm. the likes. And it's just, I don't blame them for boycotting. Um, one of the, like, most popular, like, the most popular songs that they, um, I guess, like, like started the whole, like, boycott was the, um, it was Meg's Thought Shit. So like nobody came up with a dance for it and no one, no one black came up with a dance for it. And so then like these like white people, they just like <laughs> they've come up with like these terrible dances. Like they're just like it's it's really bad. Like they're just like frailing their arms around and like walking. It's just like terrible or trying to twerk. So it's actually kind of funny to like watch them. It's like y'all don't like y'all are nothing without black people. Like when America is nothing without black, black people. Like, uh, What'd you say? No, I was gonna say um that uh this should be one of the easier songs for just anybody to do because like I'm not someone who's like a big dancer. But if the if the instructions are in the dance, I yeah. got it. You know what I'm saying? One hop, this one hop, two times, like whatever. I can do that. You tell me what to do. In this Megan Thee Stallion song, they're telling you what she's doing: hands on her knees, shaking ass on her thought shit. Like there's nothing complicated about the song. How are you not able to come up with a dance to that? It's the easiest song to ever come out, and they yeah. still cannot do this. And I'm, I'm from one. I'm a hundred percent behind this. If they're gonna be like, yo, goddamn, <laughs> Jesus Christ, lost my train of thought. <laughs> but Hashtag I, the horny. <laughs> I fully support like any black creative or anybody that's going to be like, you know what? I'm tired of doing this shit for free, especially on social media like TikTok, uh, Twitter, especially. I saw someone that was like, yo, all black people should just lock their accounts for like 24 hours on a certain day. And as someone who is addicted to Twitter, I do if they're that. like, if they're like, hey, all the black people, we're we're gonna lock our Twitter for like forty eight hours just to see what happens, to see, you know, how whack Twitter becomes just within those two days, I would do it. I would totally do it. I'm I'm totally fine with people uh, understanding their value and their worth. Like there there are a lot of people, a lot of black young kids that are coming up with all these dances, coming up with all this slang, coming up with all this uh, the what we wear they're making everything that's cool right now is what they're doing or they're making they're making the things that are going to be cool in like three years to white people they're already doing it now so it's like hey you know what we're just not going to do nothing we're just going to keep it to ourselves and you guys are just going to have to fend for yourselves unless you pay us so if you're a black creative and you can monetize what you do then do it. That's why I'm not against, you know, people saying like, oh, I don't want to pay for Twitter. I don't want to, like they have the uh, the tip jar um, option on Twitter where you can tip people on Twitter. 
I'm fine with that because there's plenty of people on Twitter that are hella funny, that are hella smart, that are smarter than people on ESPN or Fox News, that are funnier than like you know Kevin Hart or uh, uh, Tiffany Haddish. There are plenty of people that are better at other people's jobs that are getting paid millions, and if they have the opportunity to make money doing that, then they should be able to do that. Yeah, I, I need to. I think they said that you could pay for Twitter for some different features. I'll definitely pay to get some of these people out to paint, but <laughs> it, it's kind of hard with uh, like uh, create creative stuff, like as far as like I guess inter, intellectual properties or whatever, because you can't really like unionize with that, right? We could just stop doing it, but I mean, Twitter and social media is our kind of biggest form of entertainment, so it's kind of hard to say, hey, as creatives or creators, we want to get together and protect our stuff but if it's not anything like music i guess maybe you can license dance moves possibly but it's unfortunate because some of the stuff that we do as black people is just naturally funny or naturally cool you might not even think you're doing something cool and then you see some random white lady on jimmy fallon doing your dance it's like what the fuck like she was so whack too that should be yeah so even if it's not about the money it's just about the opportunities just your blackness can get you that we can't really at times you know, capitalize off, unfortunately. But the thing is, we always create new shit anyway. So it's like we, we don't run out, but it's it's kind of a shame that we can't benefit from it as much as we can. You know, like Adolphus said, we're shitting on every other aspect of life. Like, I can't get a check for my dance moves, dog. Like, for my slang, nothing like that. That y'all are using the movies and TV shows and whatnot. Like, just cut the brother check. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I hope they continue it, man. I hope that. People see the value that black creatives have and start cutting them checks at some level. Like, shout out to Drewski. I saw he's got a, a sponsorship. He's in a Beats by Dre headphone commercial. Like, he's just a social media guy. He, he took that, and I'm pretty sure he got a bag off that. So I kind of want to see more of that from the, the creators on Twitter because that dude's hella funny. And there's other people who are hella funny that need to get those same opportunities because the money is apparently coming out of the sky. So because I'll pay other people for whack shit. You know, pay us for our quality products. So, yeah, shout out to black people per usual. But <clears throat> I don't fuck with TikTok. I'm good on you that. Should. Uh, <clears throat> TikTok you should. But TikTok get people in trouble. I, yeah. I like it though, but it's it's a lot that goes on. Yeah, TikTok is for in my head for like, no, I Snapchat. Never mind. But do people still use Snapchat? No. Damn. Uh, okay. Just you. No, I, I don't use Snapchat. <laughs> Oh God! But uh, police yeah. help police. Um, yeah, TikTok is is that thing. I, I like it, and I like it because you can kind of sit. Like it's not all nasty videos. It's not all twerking. It's not all sex related stuff. It's not all dancing and stuff like that. Like it's a lot of really informative things. Like um, you know, skincare routines. Uh, there's a lot of stuff to do. Like with jobs, tech. Um, of course, you have your sports, you have your women and stuff like that, but you can you have cooking, too. But you can actually just kind of design it to kind of get what you need to get out of it. And then they're just short one minute to three minute videos. They just started three minutes, but it goes by so quick. It's so entertaining, entertaining. And it's actually kind of addictive because it'll just be rolling, rolling, rolling. And then they seem like, like, oh, shit, it's three in the morning. I'm on TikTok, you know, <laughs> lost in TikTok, you know, because that's my personal favorite. Because if you know the savage loves the thicker the snicker women, but um, oh, <laughs> but Christ. he's right, he's right. Like you can 
it's way better than Instagram. You can grow. Like I have a video right now that's almost at 20K views. Just off of fun shit to do in Atlanta. Just some new shit. I posted a video, put a few hashtags. It's been a week. And it's almost at 20K views. And you did a really good job on that. Like, I really like your voice on that. Like, oh my God. I was impressed. Thank you so much. I tried so goddamn hard. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, actually, while you're talking about social media, if anybody out here listening to the podcast wants to uh, help with our social media or YouTube page, if you're skilled in that, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I'll cut a check if your skills are of, of what I need. Um, Got to make this shit pop. So just hit me up, Southbury706. Um, let's see. I'm going to let Marcus uh, and Mr. Savage carry the mantle. Uh, I'm going to go watch TV. Nigga, um, no, you ain't. I'm about to leave too, shit. I've been working all day. I did 12 hours a day, man. Come on. Hey, I have a family. Nah, but for real, though, you know, in case anybody hasn't know, I will be not stepping away fully, but I'll be kind of limiting myself with the podcast. I definitely, uh, my gay-ass job switched my schedule wow. around. First of all, that's not Fuck how we them. talk. Your job that, doesn't have the same orientation. I'm sorry. Hashtag Pride Month. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My stupid, that's my really stupid, inconsiderate, racist job that takes advantage of those those all can be true. They switch my schedule around, so it's gonna make it harder for me to juggle school, coursework, and the podcast. So I'll just be on a little bit less. So I would like to find someone that can come and, and take the mantle from me as the wild child of the podcast. The wild child? Yes. I actually pitched your name, but we'll see. Because they said they want a woman to replace me. Since I guess I kind of... That's probably Jazz. I'm just here for... Because Jazz is here. That's the only reason they invited me on tonight. Well, specifically Marcus. Oh, wow. I invite you because you bring so much uh, energy and vim to the podcast, Jeff. You're a valued member of this yeah. community. Goddamn lie. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, so. if y'all two are about to go, we can we can um, we can go to the Pride Month stuff. Uh, yeah. So I I guess uh, I know Jeff. You posted. I saw a tweet you posted. I think earlier in the month before I did. Uh-oh. You were talking about like all the crazy DMs you get um, <clears throat> because of your. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of your orientation. So I don't know if you spoke about this on the podcast, but just kind of let people know. And then just kind of like, I don't understand why people feel maybe it's just, is it more do something and they feel like, hey, they can get all crazy and get your DMs? So I'll let you, I'll let you jump on that real quick. Yeah. Um, for those that don't know, or a lot of guys thought I was joking about liking women. Um, I don't know why, but I'm bisexual. Hi. Um, and as soon as I said that, it was like a shit. It was only guys just jumping in my DMs, asking for threesomes, asking who I've slept with on the timeline. Um if I slept with so-and-so, some of them were like, oh, I know you slept with X, Y, Z, like insert almost any woman's name on the TL in there. And they, yeah, they were asking me all kinds of stupid fucking questions. 
um, mostly about threesomes that didn't involve their girlfriends or whoever, wives, some had wives who didn't even know. And yeah, some of them I did, I know their wives, which they don't know um, on Twitter. And I told their wives, I was like, uh, do you know your man is in my DMs offering up threesomes? Uh, like, do you, are you aware of this? And they're like, no. I was like, okay, come get your nigga out my DMs. I would like to publicly apologize for that. Well, I thought, I think you would actually ask Jazz over me, but that's another story. That's a, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, it's this really a, a Christian family based podcast. <laughs> every, every, time, every time uh, men specifically find out I'm bisexual, they think that I'm just into threesomes. All of a sudden, I mean, threesomes are cool, but no, I just don't want to have threesomes with you or anyone. Like, that's just, it's so fucking stupid, and I'm really fucking tired of it. And no, I don't like one over the other. Like, I it's, I don't prefer men over women, women over men. That's not how it works. So stop fucking asking. And I've known I've liked women, too, since kindergarten. Like I knew back then that I like women. And of course, growing up in the church on Sundays, like it was like, oh, you're going to go to hell. And I was like, well, shit, hell sounds lit. And <laughs> I can like women in yep. hell. That is the, the title of the podcast. <laughs> hell, hell sounds lit. Yeah, so I hit it for oh, a long God. time. And now, you know, I'm just out here in these streets, like in men and women. So any questions? We'll save that for the other podcast. Oh, well, yes, I definitely have a question. Okay, well, hold on, hold on. In the 820s. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, so real quick before they ask the questions, yes, this, this podcast is LGBTQ plus friendly. We're definitely allies. Uh, we support y'all's community, what y'all do out there. You know, you should definitely be able to be yourself. Um, again, if you need to talk or anything like that, feel free to hit us up. Uh, I'm gonna let Marcus and Mr. Savage ask their questions. Jeff, I appreciate it per usual. Jazz, thank you for coming on. Uh, and you guys uh, sell the ship in the right direction. Oh, watch the Good Doctor. If you watch it, that shit is pretty good. If any of you have watched it, that's my new show right now. Ain't nobody watching that shit. Yo, hell no, hell no. <laughs> Look, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, check it out. I thought the same thing, but I was like, yo, this dude can. This dude is a good ass actor, dog. Like, if you ever watched uh, Bates Motel. No, I started it, but it I haven't seen weird. it. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen it, but it's the same dude from that show. But I might watch it just off the strength of his acting on this show because I'm like, God damn, like he, he plays his character like the most emotionless, emotional character I've ever seen. So, but anywho, Jeff, uh, be easy. I shots questions. South Breeze is out. All right, who's going? First? Thank you for going out like you always do early, you black motherfucker. Uh, anyway, uh, Marcus, I'll let you start with the questions. Okay, so my question, and I, I, I feel like I've talked to, talked to you about this before, but just for podcast purposes, um, do you think people are born uh, LGBTQ, or is it a choice? Nah, I, you, have a, I have a theory on this. Now nah, you pop out the pussy like, woo, rainbow flags and stuff. Yeah, I think people are born gay, yes. Okay, so I don't know what, I, I'm pretty sure there's like a right, or, I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer to this, 
But I'm kind of in the same boat with you. Like, I think it's a thing where people are born um, either gay or bi or whatever it is that they choose to, to be. Because I just don't I don't see how someone at least it will actually anywhere in the world. I don't know why anybody would make a, a, a conscious choice to be like, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to be gay. Why would anybody do that? I, I like. Who wants to go through this? This the shit that we go through. Who would make the fucking choice to actually go through it? Like people, like there's kids homeless. Like I knew a kid in my high school. His parents found out he was gay and dead ass put him on the street. And then there was another kid. Um, I was in high school, elementary school kid. Parents tried to kill him because he was a little too sassy. Like who would make the choice to go through all this shit? Well, they also they also make laws against uh, yeah. being gay or being anything like that. It's just like, not I'm not actually like the entire world is trying to keep people like that from being that way. Like they have uh, like conversion camps. Like if you if your parent oh, yeah. thinks you're gay, they're gonna be like, all right, we're gonna send you off to this camp, and they're gonna you know shock the gay out of you or spray like pray the gay away or yeah. all these other pray things. Pray the gay away. That's the funniest. Yeah, shit. and it's just like I I I don't. I think it's, uh, I mean, I, I can't speak for it, but I would think that it would be offensive that people would just think, well, you just made a choice to be gay. Like, how can you, how can you say that? Like someone is, they, you can't help what you like or what you're attracted to. Like I knew what time it was when I saw Halle Berry in, in the Flintstones in that movie. I was like, yo, this is what I'm on. I'm on this girl shit. Like I, I didn't, I didn't really choose that, I guess, but it was just like, that's what I knew. And it's just like, why would, anybody choose to be like persecuted like falcons fans feel like they're persecuted no like lgbt people are definitely uh persecuted pretty harshly like like you said kids are getting thrown out of their houses they're making laws to prevent them from like they're they had that we had to fight as a country for two gay people to get married like that doesn't make sense to me like these two adults that love each other want to get married and people have a problem with it because they happen to be two dudes or two women like yeah how is that a how was that a problem like i don't get it yeah and it's just shit was hard growing up even people like i did i wasn't out like in high school and stuff and of course people had their thoughts about it, talks, you know, behind my back about it. But that shit was hard. Like, especially when it was like people having like all girl sleepovers and stuff. And some people were like, they just did not want me there just because they had an inkling that I like girls. And that shit sucked. It wasn't everybody, but it was a good number of people. That shit sucked growing up. Uh, Sometimes even now as a fucking adult, that shit happens. And I'm like, I don't want you. Like, you're ugly as fuck. I would never touch you anyway. So I don't understand. But yeah, people still have those um, thoughts about about it. I don't know why. It's fucking stupid. But yeah, still, I'm still getting persecuted to this day in 2021 just for liking women. So, and I like men too, but it doesn't matter to them. Next, I, 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 I would just like to uh, thank you for 
I, I definitely admire your strength for coming on the show and exposing yourself the way that you can. Uh, it definitely <laughs> takes a strong person. Sorry, I have some some oil I got in my eyes. That's why I've been over here kind of chirping. But um, you actually touched on a point that I do think is very interesting because I know as a male, for some reason, gay people get the stigmatism that they're these horny animals. And if you're a man, you gotta, you want every man. If you're a woman, you want every woman. And you know, like that, like they're just sex machines. So I'm glad that you actually came out and um, kind of clarified that a little bit, because I do think that that's a common misconception about, you know, homosexuality, bisexuality, and things like that. So I do want to applaud you for um, saying that. Um, I forgot what my question was, to be honest with you. It's all right. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of like women, especially because men don't care. When they find out I'm bisexual, they're like, "Oh shit, come sleep with me and my friend or my girlfriend or my wife." Like that's all they fucking care about most of the times when I say I'm bisexual. And when it comes to a lot, well, I guess now it's like fifty-fifty with women. They either dead ass, they're like, "Oh, that's cool," or they're like, "Oh, you you want to sleep with me?" And I'm like, "No," like. I'm not even attracted to you, so why would you even say that? And then they get offended when you say that, and you're like, wait, but bitch, you the, you're the one who thinks I'm going to sleep with you all of a sudden, and I find you ugly as hell, so, yeah. I'm not all horny. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just me, but I'm not horny all the time, like people say on the TL. And by the way, someone tagged me in that National Pussy Day thing. That's the only reason I retweeted it, because they tagged me. I didn't even know about it. Nigga, you did that on purpose, but you did it on know, purpose. It's, yeah, it's it's good yeah. that you're living your truth. I didn't even think you saw that shit. Someone tagged me. They're like, "Hey, do you know it's National Pussy Day?" And I was like, "Oh shit, let me make a couple phone calls." And then I just and you was setting up. Was I? Was I? Yes. <laughs> Stop yelling at me. Jazz, you got a question for me? Um, I don't have a question, but I just want to say I believe that love is love. And um, I think that you are very strong for, um, you know, I just think you're really strong. I, you really broke it down. Like, I never really thought of, like, certain aspects of being um, lesbian or bisexual. Um, so I think that you're very strong and I applaud you and I'm here for you. Um, somebody's mean to you, I can beat them up for you, you know. Yeah, you don't, you don't fight though, you don't fight though. But I, I've got to say, like, with growing up and spending the night stuff, like, I was like mad shocked when you asked me to spend the night because that's how often it happens. Really? Uh, it comes to, yeah, when people know, I was like, oh, shit. I was like, she knows, and she wants me to stay the night. I was like, okay. You know, it's that, like, sorry, Marcus. But it's, it's, it's like that. Like, sorry, Marcus, nothing happened. Now you know. <laughs> Secrets out. Secrets it happens out. so often with, with women knowing. They're like, no. Like, even if I was, like, drunk and stuff, they're like, oh, no, you, you got to go. Call Uber. You know what I'm saying? It was like when you asked, I was like, "Oh, wow, okay." 
cool. So yeah, yeah. Appreciate. Yeah, there, there does seem seem to be a big uh, stigmatism on, uh, especially like by people like would, uh, like you said, uh, if you're like straight. I think straight women or even just straight people in general aren't comfortable dating somebody that's bi because they feel like they have to compete with men and women. You know what oh, I'm saying? Like, crazy. like it's a, it's a thing they feel like, okay, you know, if they're going to cheat, I have to worry about them cheating on me with men and women. And it's just yes. like, oh you know, you don't, you know, you don't have to be bi to cheat. Like you can be straight right. and still cheat. <laughs> like if you're worried right. about getting cheated on, someone being bi shouldn't be like the the end all be all here because a straight man or a straight woman can cheat just as easily as a bi man or bi woman can cheat yes and thank you for even bringing that up because i forgot about that like yeah like i swear when i when i date straight men and they most of the time they're so insecure about any woman i i go hang out with one-on-one because they swear I'm going to sleep with them. They're like, no, you say you're bisexual, so you probably like her. Nigga, we're at Six Flags. Where am I going to sleep with her? Like, what What the fuck? Like, it's so... Okay, Jack Hush. But it's so... Like, like, I'm at work. And you're worried about a co I've never slept with a coworker in my life. I don't do that shit. I'm at work. We're at a work lunch and you're pulling up talking about, are you dating her? Nigga, what? This is my coworker having lunch together. That's it. And then the le- the lesbians, they're like, Oh, every nigga you you're with because you're bisexual, you might sleep with him, you might get to England to suck his dick. I'm like, what? I'm like, that's no, that's what the fuck? And so it it sucks. Like being bisexual just has such a fucking stigmatism to them. If the lesbians don't, most of the most of them don't want you because they think you're gonna sleep with a nigga all of a sudden. Then straight niggas always think you're gonna sleep with a fucking lesbian or woman, whatever, out of the blue. And if it's not with them, then they're mad. They want that that threesome popping out. Right. And it's like you're not getting a three, you're not getting a threesome. Like, I don't I have been in a relationship and been like, yes, I want a threesome. Like that's never happened. While I'm in a relationship. You know what? I I'll tell a little bit of truth here, and I, I'll admit something. Here we go. So I dated a few bisexual women, mm-hmm. um, and I used to be that type of man. Like I used to. The first one that I dated did kind of like the flip flopping like that, and I was young, and I pretended like I didn't care, and I didn't. So from that point on, I thought that that was just the way that that type of, that type of stuff works. So when I got to my last person, I mean woman, because I need to clarify that. When I got to my last woman, that would be on my mind at first, but I had to realize that I was just insecure about some things. And, you know, it was an opportunity to talk about some things and grow from some things. And um, 
yeah, I think I did a good job of growing from that and understanding that, hey, just because you, I don't, if I'm with you, I don't have to compete with guys and girls because for the moment you're mine. Um, and it, it was just a great opportunity to learn that. But I can admit I was that type of guy at, um, prior to my last relationship, I was that type of guy. But being with the person that was by, you know, I got to kind of understand how it works a lot better. And it kind of changed, you know, my perception on things to kind of realize, okay, well, they're not just sexual deviants, you know, they're real people and they act like me, like, you know, there's women that I like, there's women that I don't like, you know, and so it, it was, it's definitely an opportunity to learn. So it's, it's good to have these conversations because it does offer us a chance to learn about a lifestyle that some of us may not be privy to. Uh, some of us may have not ever been in and maybe never will be in. Some of us may not know anybody that's on the down low or anything like that. So it's always good to have these conversations. I'm glad that you're able to live in your truth and be honest with yourself and be strong enough to deliver this message because I really believe for the hundreds of people that listen to this podcast, you know, if we could just change the opinion of just one or two you know, it, it really make a difference. Like I always tell this story about me and this guy, and he's a really good friend of mine. The um, I had bought a car from South Breeze a long time ago. It was one of the dope boy cars. And I sold it to this guy that's gay. And in order to sell it, I had to meet him up somewhere. He didn't have a car. So I met him up. I ended up taking him back to his house. And we were talking about it at work. Nothing happened, you know. Everybody knows me. I'm a freak, nasty pervert with women. So it is what it is. But as soon as the girls around the workplace heard that, hey, I went over this person's house, it immediately began, oh, you know, well, we did something because he's gay and I'm a dude. So if we hang out, we have to be having sex. And that definitely was not the case. Like, it, it's not what happened. We were doing a business transaction. And I'm even comfortable enough in my sexuality now where, you know, I can hang with a trans. Uh, I got cousins that are gay. You know, I have friends that are gay. And they understand where I'm at in my perspective. And I understand what they go through somewhat in their perspective. But it's just each, each situation and each time we can have these conversations, it's a good thing because like right now there's three to five people that are, you know, viewing in that may be gay or, or may know someone that's gay. And maybe this can shed some light on, you know, that these are actual real people too. So it's always good to have that. I thank you very much, Jeff, even though I give you a hard time, it's only because I want to give you a hard time. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm just so sorry. Hey. Still, I haven't been to church in two years. <laughs> yeah, if anyone has any questions, y'all can DM me, text me, whatever. Well, the people listening, and to go more in depth, like I don't care about that. And like, like you said, people they just swear that if you hang around someone that's bisexual or whatever, that you've uh, you've done something with them. Like, there's still niggas right now that think um, me and Jazz have slept together. 
And a lot of people on my DL, they swear we've slept together and we've just literally hung out and that's it. I mean, I don't, it's giving me street cred though, you know? You're <laughs> welcome. Like, street cred on my name? You're yeah. welcome. But I'm Thanks. telling them, I, I'm telling them <laughs> it didn't happen, you know, like, you know that. But they're like, it did happen. And I'm like, you know what? If sure. more women come then and they think that that happened and I'm telling them no and they're like, it did and they're trying to jump up on me, then okay. I mean, <laughs> hey, what, what am I going to do? I tell them no. And they're like, you did. And I'm like, okay, well, you want to sleep together? Okay, cool. <laughs> I, I appreciate you, Jazz. <laughs> there, there's, a, there's a part of me that just wants to just scroll through your DMs like one time just to see, just to see what, uh, it, what it's like. Yeah. I've been just type the timeline be too horny. <laughs> oh, you no, know what? Right. You contribute to it, Marcus. Yeah, Marcus. Yeah, you Marcus. Marcus. I am definitely, I am definitely, definitely not horny on Twitter at all. Like, Please, no, that is not. That is not. That's that's You're a sorry. medical condition, first off. So I don't know why that's being brought up. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Medical condition. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's let's dig up your patty. Uh, Whoa. Wait. Hey. Okay. For, okay. Let's yeah. get let's get into the let's get into the shits real quick since we were talking about <laughs> since we were talking about threesomes, right? So I don't know if everybody in the chat has experience with this with threesomes, but I did see a very uh, interesting story. I don't know if did everybody else see the the one where the man and the woman were having a threesome with another dude. And then, like, oh, I guess, I yeah, that's, I guess that's, the guy, that's what a threesome is. Like, well, let's well, go, go ahead and explain, explain oh the story. God. Explain okay. the story. Because <laughs> man and woman were having a threesome, and they invited a man. So a threesome means for you fucking idiots that all three people have sex with each other. When it's one person and two people are just having sex with that one person, that is called a fucking train. Please, for the love of God, look up Webster's Dictionary for what the fucking definitions of words means. Y'all are so fucking stupid, and I'm tired of y'all being so fucking stupid. That is a threesome, okay? That's the definition of a threesome. So it's man and woman having sex. They invite a man, and the two men started doing... I don't know what she gave him. He they gave each other blowjobs or some shit. And the woman was like, "Oh my god, that's so disgusting! Like you stupid bitch. That is what a threesome is. Like, do you not know that words mean things? You okay, thought? Hey, hang on, hang on, hang on. I have I have the I have the actual uh, uh, message that was sent in. I guess it was sent in to Dear Dream Official on Instagram. Uh, it says I was having a threesome with my husband and another man. And it was going well <clears throat> until my husband started to suck the other man's penis. I was so shocked that I lost all urge to have sex, but they were having a grand time. That's funny. In his defense, he was caught up in the moment and it meant nothing. This is so hard to believe and is very suspicious to me. He has never displayed any gay tendencies. And the agreement was that they would both pleasure me, not each other. I don't know what to think. What so, is gay tendency? So, I I have thoughts on this, right? Uh, where I I don't agree. Well, actually, <clears throat> I agree with um, 
Well, not agree. I I think the 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 problem is, um the the last sentence I believe it is where she says he has never displayed any gay tendencies, and the agreement was that they would both pleasure me, not each other, and that is the biggest um I think I guess rule. For threesomes, like if you're going to have a threesome, especially if it's with your spouse or with a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a significant other, like if it's someone that you have to wake up in the morning and see and, and engage with, there needs to be a conversation about what is going to happen in this threesome. It needs to be like, hey, who are we going to do it with? Uh, what are you comfortable doing? What am I comfortable doing? Um, what are you comfortable with this other person doing? Like. What are we going to be doing with each other? What is this other person going to be doing to us? Blah, blah, blah. Like that conversation 100% has to happen. So I feel like if they had a conversation beforehand and dude would have been like, hey, if we're doing this, this might happen. I might blow this dude. So she's not shocked when it does happen. Like they had a conversation about what was going to happen. And I'm not saying that it's wrong. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to be homophobic saying that he shouldn't have did that. Sometimes you get caught up in the moment, I guess. But the agreement that y'all had before this happened was that you and this dude were going to be pleasuring your lady. That was the agreement. So I don't fault her for kind of being, uh, I guess, turned off or set it back because that's this is not what we talked about. You're doing you're going off the board here. You know what I'm saying? And you have to have that conversation. And they did. And he he went off the script. In his defense, when you get caught up in the moment, I, I've been there before, and yeah, it, sometimes you just get the urge, and you know, you're like, "Fuck it," you know what I'm saying? I'm just gonna do it. Not saying me because you know, I, <laughs> like vagina, but I remember the first time I ate ass. Me oh, and Marcus, we were having a conversation about medium steaks. And he compared it to pleasuring a woman's asshole. And I went to Outback a few weeks later, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try a medium steak. And I tried it. And I was like, damn, this shit is really good. Like, this is, I have been, I've had nigga taste buds too long. So I had the medium steak. And then, you know, um, a little, maybe a week or so later, you know, I was with my, at the time, girlfriend. And she had just gave me the bomb diggity, super biggity, you know, and it was great. And she was laying there like she normally does afterwards, waiting for me to pick up the towel. And I seen this big voluptuous ass. And I was like, you know what? I know she just got out of the shower. Marcus said it tastes like medium steaks. Why the fuck not? I was caught up in the moment, you know what I'm saying? And that's how things happen. So if this guy was having a good time, he's like, shit, we're in here doing it anyway. Go ahead and put your dick in my mouth. You know what I'm saying? That's I, let, Let's try it out. You just never know. You never know what happens uh, with uh, passion and getting caught up in the moment. I do agree that it, it definitely sounds like it was rules that were laid down. He definitely crossed those rules. And it's something to where, to me, you know, uh, that might be grounds for her to leave you because, you know, and me and Marcus once again had this conversation about the double standards of the gay community. Like, women can do whatever they want, whether it's in a relationship, 
outside of a relationship, you know, you do whatever you want to the opposite sex. If a dude slips up once, we don't want you no more. You're you're gay, you're bisexual, whatever. If you try it, so it's really it's a harsh double standard that she even put him in position to do that. Like I know I can only speak for myself. My experience, I wouldn't want no parts in that, regardless. Me, another man, and my wife. Like that's you know. But I'm old school. I was born in the '80s, so I'm an old man. But um, yeah. It happened. Shit. Fuck it. What can you do? Your husband likes sucking dick. That's it. He just like sucking dick. And then shit. If he was a, if he was going to town, then you know he got some other some other questions. He's probably an expert. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually kind of curious as to as to what else happened after that because she said that she stopped, but they kept going. So like, what what else did they do? I would be kind of curious about that. But yeah, you you have to have those conversations. And like Adolphus was saying, we were talking about how uh you know there's she is probably gonna leave him because she thinks he's gay. And maybe he is gay, and that's not a problem. But he also might be bi. That's not a problem either. But when it comes to men being bi, that's not actually a thing. You're just gay. You know, like I was I was having a conversation about this with someone. I was like, uh, or she said. Oh yeah, I've had I've had girls eat me out before. So I was like, "Do you consider yourself bisexual?" And she said, "No." And I was like, "You know that only applies to women, right?" Like if I if I and she was like, "Yeah, you know, I, I let girls eat me out. I don't care who does it as long as I get you know as long as I get mine. Like I don't care who's down there." And I was like, "You know that if I said that I like I let dudes suck me off, that you would consider me gay." Like that's how it is for men and it's like and she and we and we talked about it, it was just like yeah you're probably right that's it's, it is a double standard but i mean i think that comes from like i guess like homophobia and all this stuff so it's just something we gotta i guess i guess deal with but uh yeah that's that's pretty that's a pretty touchy subject and uh like i said i'm, I'm curious to see what else happened with there but i don't what gif you you did say that you were You've been in, you've partaken in the threesomes. What is your uh, main, what's what's a rule you would, if you, were, if you were to give someone advice on having a threesome, what's the advice you would give them? Um, it's a lot of fucking work and it's not as pleasurable as you think it is because <laughs> it's a lot of work. You have to make sure everyone's pleasured at the same time. So, Yeah. It's a lot of fucking work. And then don't do it, especially if you're insecure. You're already in a relationship. I wouldn't suggest it if you're in a relationship, especially if one of you is not secure um, in that relationship already. But Dash has to go. So, so before, before she leaves, I wanted to, to plug her website again. And what we're going to do, this is what I want to do. We're going to have like a, like a contest giveaway or something, right? So you're going to have to follow Jazz. She'll give you her Twitter. Um, follow the podcast page and leave a five-star review on uh, Apple Podcasts. If you can do that and show that you did all those three things, uh, we will send you uh, an item from her website. <laughs> So 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Why would you put that up right then? <laughs> trying to be, I was trying to be like serious and professional, like trying to get this thing. <laughs> <going. laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh man, go ahead. So, um, my Twitter name is simply underscore gorgeous J A S C. Um, and then my Instagram is handmade by jazz, J-A-S-C. You can follow me on there. <laughs> Post a lot of thirst traps. I do. If you want to see a lot of thirst traps, you know, head over to my Twitter. You know, my Instagram is underscore mommy chula with three A's. It's a lot of thirst traps over there, too. Whole lot of titties. If that's what you're into, you know, besides the candles. <laughs> like, what was that again? I'm on a. <laughs> we got, we got, we got daily thirst traps at uh, underscore mommy chula with three A's on Instagram. <laughs> And then my Twitter name, Simply Gorgeous. <laughs> Y'all are welcome in advance. <laughs> All right. We appreciate you coming on. We know we got to have you on again at some point, maybe without gifts. So now that we have the email, we can, Fuck we, you, can, nigga. <laughs> we, can make, we can make that happen. No I, did you? Were we, were, did y'all did y'all want to talk? Damn, we had a lot of stuff that we did not talk about. Um, I have one question. So I saw like a tweet that said that Drewski was like funnier than Kevin Hart. What do y'all what do y'all think? I've seen I okay, so I've I've seen a Drewski guy a lot on Twitter. Um I mean he's he's funny. I, I don't watch everything that he does. Uh I, I don't want to be the person that says Kevin Hart is funnier because like it's a thing on Twitter where it's like Kevin Hart is not funny, but Kevin Hart is funny. Uh, he has made me laugh. I just I just couldn't see myself uh, watching uh, like a bunch of like a like if Drewski was to do a movie, I don't know if I'd want to watch that or like a stand up special. Like I don't know if I like I I like uh, who do I like. Um, Who's someone that's funny on Twitter that does videos? Um, not like Haha Davis was pretty good for a minute. Can't think of anybody. Like the the kid with the do rag. Um, what's that kid's name? He's funny. I like him, but I don't know. I don't really be watching this stuff yeah. like that. Is this the? Uh... Oh my god. No, I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. Oh, I'll send you her stuff. All right. <laughs> I miss Tim Peace. <laughs> That's it. Oh, okay. Oh, oh I, 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 okay. I've seen you before. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> on all through your media, I know who you are. I, I think Kevin. <laughs> oh my God! I think Kevin and Drewski are the same. Like they have. Oh they have funny moments, but that's about it. Like they both have some funny moments, but that's it. I don't find either one of them actually like funny. Funny. They just have a few funny moments. 
Oh God, you have. I don't so really be following Drewski like that. Kevin Hart, he was hilarious in the beginning. Um, I, I've I've listened to Drewski before. I like some of his skits. Um, I don't know. It's 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 tough to say. Like I feel like with him, he's still a little new to the game, and I don't remember Kevin Hart doing that style of comedy with the skits. So if you're gonna go with that type of thing, I would probably go with him more so of uh, than like a Dave Chappelle or like a, a Damon Wayans, people that have been like skit style comedians. Um, but he, he's good. He's a good young comedian. I definitely do like him when I do get a chance to see him. He's pretty funny. I like that other dude too. I can't remember what his name is, but they said that he should play Bernie Mac. And he oh, always does like sports. RDC his World, stuff is whatever. He's, I like those guys. They're funny. I like them. They made me laugh for sure. But I, I definitely watch their stuff more. And I still you, cannot find this this Twitter thing. I, I don't know. I, are you I talking about her actual wrong. Twitter account? Who? Are you looking for her actual Twitter account? Or I, don't, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing anymore. Who knows? What All I know is I do have a bone to pick. So I told y'all two weeks what? ago that I had surgery. Now, South Breeze likes to call themselves one of my better friends. I haven't received any update of, hey, man, how you doing? Uh, you know, are you okay? Do you need a car? Do you need some flowers, some juice, or anything? Like, I, you know, sometimes I, I wonder what is wrong with this dude. Like, he really lacks compassion. So, anyway, I had the surgery to have my skin tags removed. And so they're starting to kind of go away. And, Trust me, black people, because I know this is an issue with some of us. Go ahead and spend the money and get it done. Like it hurts, but it definitely like I'm looking at my face now and I don't have like all these freaking skin tags and they're just gone. So definitely take some of your 401k or your HSA, your FSA, whatever it is you got to do, your income tax, your stimulus, mm. whatever. Don't ever stop improving yourself. And on that note, did y'all see what was trending yesterday where there was a flight from the DR to Atlanta? Oh, and they God. said like 90% of the women had just had their bodies done. Now, first and foremost, and you know what? No, you get the fuck out of here. This is my show now, nigga. Hey, let's go. Anyway, I don't mind, like, at first, I had a friend that was die that died that had the gastric bypass. So I was seriously against that because I felt like, and, and shout out to Mercedes Davis, like she had just finished college, got her four years of BSN. Um, she had won a beauty pageant after she had it. Like everything was rolling really good for her. And then a week after she won that pageant, she died. And I felt so guilty for so long. And so I was like all against like, you know, hey, just do it the natural way, blah, 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 blah. But now I just kind of believe like, look, you're giving this shell of a body, this temple, this is your shot at it. You know, as long as you could do minor things and improve yourself, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, drink your water. Um, if you need to get your nose done, get your nose done. If you want that hair, get that hair, baby girl. If you want, you know, your nipples pierced. That's good. Sending me my cash app was definitely available. But whatever the case may be, I'm not against it. The BBLs is extremely dangerous. What are y'all thoughts on this BBL craze? Somebody said it's hitting us like the crack epidemic. <laughs> oh, it's bad, man. It's bad. You know, you know my biggest problem is with this shit. Well, one of my biggest problems 
Why aren't the thigh packages included? <laughs> you got to get the matching thighs, man. You got to get the thighs to match. However, on all seriousness, like uh, one of my good friends, Jazz Matter, her friend died a couple years ago over a BBL surgery. And then people are, there's the upkeep, like every like what, 10 years, like even if you get uh, breast implants, you have like over time they'll drop, like you have to get them done again. And it's like, y'all probably are not going to get your asses done again. Why do you think the fucking KKKs are always fucking getting new asses? Cause you have to get them done again. Like they have, you have to get them lifted again and all that shit. And then fucking K Michelle, like if nobody learned from that girl, like dog, like you can literally die. Like, and nobody's talking about Dr. Miami, all the fucking lawsuits that he has. Like nobody's bringing that up. And these, especially these motherfuckers in the DI, they don't give a fuck about us. Especially us, 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 as in black people, they just trying to get all their money. That was 28 motherfucking women coming back on the same time at a flight. Like, could you imagine if some shit went wrong and one of them planes got them blew up because the ass just inflated too much? Sorry. I just, y'all know how my fucking brain works. But yeah, and I actually went on TikTok, speaking of TikTok, to kind of do some extracurricular research on this type of stuff. And like you're right, when you speak about the upkeep, um, not being able to sit sit down the proper way, having to have a special like thing or contraption yeah. to sit on, uh, the you massages that are included. Because like, I heard that if you don't get the massages, it won't work out. It, it's it's a lot of stuff you have to do with it, and it's just like I mean, is it worth it? You know, I mean, I know, you know, niggas like big asses. I like big natural asses. Like I don't like fake asses. Like it don't even look right. And then y'all aren't even get. They're not even getting them to match their body. Like it just. I don't. Do you boo boo? But right. in ten years, when shit starts failing and you can't afford to fix it, or you gotta go through a K Michelle situation, that's on you. Yeah, it, I mean, I'm one of the people who's just like. I, I do believe that, like, no matter what you look like, there's someone out there that's going to have sex with you. Like, if you're 400 pounds, someone's going to have sex with you. If have, you're, have y'all seen 600-pound life? Yes, All they are. All motherfuckers have soulmates. They are never All single. Never, ever they're, single. They're never single, and they always have kids. So it's like, if you weigh, you know, 80 pounds, if you got titties, no titties, ass, no ass, gut, no gut, whatever, there's someone out there that will give you what you're looking for uh if you're someone that wants to have plastic surgery or body enhancements like do it it's your body it's your choice do it but the only thing i would say is you cannot take the cheap route you know what i'm saying like there's certain things you can go cheap on like you know i don't need to buy my kids honey nut cheerios when i can just get honey o's or something like that like it's the same thing whatever you don't need the name brand cereal you'll be all right but if when it like say if they need braces, I'm not gonna get them braces from old boy down the street. I'm going to go to the actual dentist. If you want to get a BBL or a tummy tuck or breast implants or calf implants or ab implants that Drake got, then you need to go to the best of the best and get it done there. 
Shout out to Lala Anthony. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. But like, I also like, I, I don't think it's a thing where like, if you're a woman that has a fake ass, I don't think that a man is going to kick you out of his bed if he finds out. Like, there's this whole thing where people are like, oh, well, you look at uh, Black China or look at Kim K, look at Nicki Minaj. How do, how do, I, I wouldn't hit that. I wouldn't hit that. You're telling me if, if you woke up at 11 o'clock at night and you go to your front door and Nicki Minaj is standing there with her big old fake ass and she's like, yo, I want some of that. Are you going to be like, no, ma'am, your ass is fake. I will not be partaking in this. Is that what you think you're going to say? Because I don't think you're going to say that. If I'm Kim K. Hold on. I'm going to say no, because one of them eight personalities she got might come out <laughs> of the fucking blue and scare the fucking shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm saying no. Like she turned into that. What's that? That Roman Reigns shit? Hell, bitch, get out of my house. With that, that makes shit. sense. That makes sense. But even like Kim Kardashian, if Kim Kardashian's like, hey, I'm trying oh, to fly, no. I'm trying to, I'm trying to fly you out because I want some of that dick. You're gonna be like, no, ma'am, your ass but, is fake. I'm sorry. No, she's gonna ruin my life like she's ruined every other. Black you know what? Okay, you know what? You're out of this conversation. Gift. No, never mind. But you, know, but you know what I'm saying. Like, I'm people, just, some people want that stuff. Some people like that, and it's fine. Like, there's somebody out there that wants it. I just want people to. If you're going to do this BBL thing, you've got to be safe about this stuff. If you're gonna get like blood injections or whatever, like you can't get fix a flat, you know, shot into your ass in a hotel room. Like you, it can't be that, because you will die. That's it. That's on period. Period poo. Period poo. Period poo. Um, gorgeous. <laughs> did you have anything to say about that? Why? Um, I mean, I just feel like if you have the money, do what you want to do. I don't know. It's not my body. <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't give plastic surgery, but. That's because she got natural ass and titties. I mean, oh, huh. You heard behind this Twitter real quick. <laughs> I don't really need it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. No, I don't really. To each his own. Um, but I will say, get your thighs done, cause thank you. But like, I don't know if the thighs are extra or what. Thank but you. I don't know. Some of those BBLs look like saggy diapers or something. Like, oh. I don't know. There's some NBA player out there that wants that. Now they want. They want no bunnies. Well, it's now, just, now I will admit, like I've um, there's a. Shit, I don't know if I should say this, but say there it. is a person who I seen your breasts before you got them reduced, and oh my god, I don't know why you got them reduced. They were magnificent. <laughs> and I will say this: they were so good that when I, when my father passed and I I sent my information over to South Breeze, I had to make sure that I deleted it because I didn't want to get him in trouble. But I understand, you know, you do have to get that because you don't want a bad back and stuff like that. But Oh, yeah. I mean. These are too big. You're, you got back problems. Like, yeah. bad. 
And this person, they don't like you, so yeah. But yeah, they don't like me. Yeah, you got into it with them. Like they they named you as a person they don't like. But <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, a a one from day one. But oh, yeah, you gotta tell me who this is. No, but I you, cannot it because I be a lot of, of people. Like you're, you're talking about a lot of people that hate my guts to get anyone in trouble, but. I, I agree with um, Mrs. Gorgeous. Um, I hope I'm saying it right. You know, if you if you got the money, get it done right. Same thing as Marcus says. Same thing we all say. Get it done right. Um, from what it was, it was a story that they were talking about where they were like, if you go to one of those clinics in Miami, like it, it's just women everywhere lined up. Like they don't even check their bags into the hotel. They bring their bags into the doctor's office. Like it's that serious to get this done. Like I. And for me, it's like with black women, I have to be honest with you, like even the non-thick ones still be thick, you know, like they still packing a little something back there. You know, don't don't risk your life, you know, just for uh, I, I know that women will say that it's not for our enjoyment or whomever enjoyment is for them. But, you know, don't don't go out there and risk your life for it, because, you know, life is beautiful. Y'all are still young. It's somebody out there for everybody. Shit, I'm single. I'll take four or five of y'all if y'all want. I don't care. You know, it just is what it is. Do they have to be blocked? No goodness. Hold on. Because if they don't, I just want them to see the tweet I just posted. Okay, now I got to look at this. I'm going to look real quick. Because I want to know who it is. Because it could be many, many people fucking hate me. So I'm just curious now. Well, why did you put... Oh, <laughs> wow. messy! Yeah, so messy. So See, messy. I couldn't even say that because this person can actually kind of put me out. So I have to be real careful. I just want to know who it is. You should have told me who it was. So now we're just gonna find out this way. Exposing the DMs. I can't delete. If you tell me who it is, I'll delete it. Ooh, sliding the DM, Adolphus. Because nah, I want to who it is. They're not on here. Do you want to, you want to do this uh this this T pain and that shit thing? Anybody? What? Jazz retweet that shit so fast. Oh, I did too. Marcus retweeted it first. <laughs> Had to. Had to. Needed to be done. I don't know who it is. This caused chaos. Average is being being pissy. Yo, y'all are fucking sick. <laughs> if you told me who it was, I wouldn't have done it. So this is on you. So I'll I'll delete it if you tell me who it is. Just you know DM it to her. Yeah, just I'll, DM me. I'll, I'll edit this whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Like, that easy. That's funny. That's funny. So moving on, did y'all see the uh, what uh, T Pain said that Usher told him? Um. Yeah, that he killed the music game with his auto tune. Yeah. yeah, that he he ruined music for like real singers. Uh, he uh, T Pain said this on a uh, there's a documentary on Netflix called This Is This Is Pop or Pop Life or something like that. So essentially, like, I guess Usher and T Pain were on a plane heading to uh, the BT Music Awards, and T Pain was asleep and the. Flight attendant came up to him and woke him up out of his sleep and said that Usher wanted to talk to him. And uh, apparently Usher was just like, hey, man, I just want to talk to you and just let you know that you ruined music for good singers out here. And 
I guess that's part of why I guess T-Pain kind of stopped doing music a little bit. And he said he kind of went into a depression after that. One, I will say that for me, I if I'm T-Pain, I think I have to fight Usher. Because one, I get the best sleep on planes. Like, I could sleep 12 hours the night before a flight. And as soon as I get on that plane, as soon as I hear, like, the engine going, I'm knocked out. Like, I don't know what it is. But I cannot stay awake on planes. And I get great sleep on planes. So if you're going to wake me up out of my sleep just to shit on me like that, like, I feel like we have to fight about that. Second off, you can't say that about me and then drop a song with Will I Am that sounds like hot ass like a year later. Like, that's <laughs> fucked up, Usher. Like, come on, guy. <laughs> that song was horrible. Talk about I ruined music for good singers. And, uh, and I feel like it was a little bit of insecurity on Usher's part. Because Usher had like a he Usher had a great run. Like Usher is one of the like he's probably on the Mount Rushmore of male R and B singers ever. Like Usher kind of determines what R and B is. And after about 10, 15 years of him doing what he does, he kind of started chasing trends. He started doing like the auto tune, the EDMP and all this other uh, the trap pop and all this other stuff. And it's just like, it's kind of embarrassing that you would say that to him and then turn around and then do the same things that you're saying that he ruined, you know? And I don't know. I just, I think it was a little bit of, I don't want to say, I don't know if it's jealousy on Usher's part, but I think it's just a bad look to say something like that. I don't know if y'all were T-Pain listeners. I agree up. with you 100%. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, I made a statement yesterday about Rod Wave, who I feel like is one of T-Pain's children. That nigga needs to give it up. You know, like, <laughs> He's so you're wrong. sad. His All music is very sad. Depressed. His, his, <laughs> use of, his, his use of auto-tune is also very bad. And I get where Usher's coming from. Like, at the end of the day, music is going to adjust and adapt to the time. If T-Pain didn't do it, somebody else is going to do it. The technology has been around forever. I mean, you got Cameo and the Red Cup over there, Dingalings. You got uh, Roger and Zap. You know, the, it's been going on forever. Um, even actually on Usher's second single, um, it's like that they were using the the box then or auto tunes predecessor then um because he had uh oh boy Devonte swing from jodeci so you you've been like are you going to be mad at him that was your probably your bigger hit out of your first songs um it, it just kind of it doesn't make sense and to me usher was kind of hating usher has tried to do the chris brown thing with the edm didn't work for him um, well, he had a couple of decent songs. Um, and now I'm kind of glad that he's kind of gone back to his roots and is making like real R&B music again. But geez, Louise, like it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Don't hate on somebody for that. T-Pain had a run like none other, um, dropped a bunch of great hooks, bunch of decent albums. He did his thing. I mean, can he hold a candle to Usher? Hell no. The only person that can beat Usher is the man that we will not say his name <laughs> because he may or may not have been falsely accused of crimes against my okay. I don't Slow know. Down. I'm not Slow a judge. Down. I don't judge. Slow down, with the, slow down with the falsely. <laughs> that man there 
you know, he said it, I can get it. But Usher, you bent fell off uh, by the time 11 and 12 came around, you know, and music just passed you by. Now you're on the oldie station. You know, the one thing that I remember, I went to an Avant concert. This was years after he had kind of fell off and he was explaining because people there were, it was like a Q&A. They were asking, you know, well, what happened? Like, you could still really sing. You still write your own music, yada, yada, yada. And actually, he still puts out good product. Like, I listened to his last album that came out uh, in 2019. And he was like, well, you know, when you get past a certain stage, they only put you on this type of radio, which would be your, you know, old school, you know, well, it, ain't even, it doesn't even seem old school. They play 50 Cent now, but the old school R&B stations, and that's where Usher was headed when he said that anyway. So it's like, why hate on the young niggas? You know what I'm saying? Get that money. Shout out to YNM Melly. That nigga's a beast with the auto-tune. I love his music. Free my nigga, though. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't know about that one. I don't know if we'll get out of here. Keep that nigga locked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that man was killed. I think he killed like his homeboy or some shit. Like, nah, yeah. he might be like, man. You Shout out to Soft Breeze. <laughs> well, I think for if you're someone like T Pain, isn't that like the the dream as an artist for you to have like a signature sound like that kind of took over that went mainstream? Like, so if you think about Auto Tune, the first person you think about is like T Pain. You think about crunk music. You think about Lil John. You think about uh, the f- style of rap that's going on now. You think of Amigos. Like, there's there's only a certain amount, like you think of uh, uh, soul sampling, you think of Kanye West. There's only a few people that can say like, hey, I had a I had a sound that changed music. I had a sound that is specifically like uh, credited towards me. Like there's like, I don't think there's like Beyonce doesn't have that. Like Beyonce's the greatest artist, living entertainer, whatever. But she just does everything at a high level, but she doesn't have her own like sound where you're just like hey that's a beyonce sound as opposed to like when you hear crunk music you know like hey lil john did that you hear the migos flow that's them soul sampling kanye west did that whatever and i I went back yesterday after i'd uh watched that documentary on t-pain and i listened to uh, his old stuff and then i'm like i'm looking through the credits and t-pain is writing and producing these songs so I think even without auto-tune, I don't know if he's as big of a star as he became, but I, I think T-Pain still makes it in the music industry, whether it's writing or producing or rapping. Like, he still makes it somewhere. Maybe he's, like, a, a local legend in Tallahassee. Maybe he's just a regional artist. But he still makes it because he is talented. And this is where the question begs. It's like, is auto-tune an enhancement or is it a crutch? Wait, hold on. I I got a quick question because I'm thinking about I'm Sprung and I don't think he used it that much on that song. And that was still a pretty big hit. I listened to his albums. He doesn't really use it a lot on any of the songs. He uses it. The thing is, is that he used it on his features. When he did features, he used it. He used it heavy. So that was the thing where like, so if you're someone like uh, DJ Khaled or whatever, you're Rick Ross or whoever, and you don't want to be associated with autotune because it's viewed as corny, but you can get T-Pain to do it for you. And you still get the streams and the views and all that, but no one associates you with the autotune. It's still on T-Pain, so you can kind of 
get away with it that way. But I, I just viewed it as an enhancement for him. Like it enhances music, but it, he doesn't he doesn't use uh, auto tune as a crutch because we've seen that T Pain can actually sing. Like he can sing his ass off for the most part, and he's a good producer, and he's a good writer. Like the people that ruin music with auto tune are the people that use it as a crutch, who are no longer making music who are no longer relevant whose songs don't matter whose songs just kind of disappeared once they disappeared so i i think it is kind of uh unfair to put that kind of uh blame on on one person all right good pause guys gotta go for real for real she want to say bye i want to say bye <laughs> bye jazz Why'd you say bye like that, Marcus? What was I supposed? I just died. You're supposed to be sad. You're supposed to cry, tear up a little bit. I'm, you know, I'm I'm done crying. I've been crying a lot this past weekend. I'm done with the crying. No more, Kevin Hart. Damn you, damn you, sir. <laughs> well, I just want to say thank you for having me on the podcast. It was such an honor. I enjoyed. It's a lot. It's a lot better when you're when we're not uh, blindsided by your appearance. So this is this goes down as your first official appearance. So we're glad to have had you on. You can't. I like you wasn't happy to see me the first time. I mean the video. No, the video. The video shows differently, but uh, you were you were you were happy, you know. But <laughs> but already. Bye. Nice to meet you. Definitely nice to meet you too. Thank you for tuning in. I mean, uh, coming on. It's definitely been a pleasure. I love your hair, your vibe, your personality. (laughs) Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, y'all. Bye. And Jeff, as always, it's great to be able to be. Oh, no, you know what I'm saying? If if I've been talking to whoever the fuck this is on the stupid, I'm going to beat y'all's asses. Nobody knows who it is, but South Breeze. So yeah, I don't. I don't know who it is either. Who the fuck is it? If no, I've I can't tell you. On the timeline, they're they're not on the timeline. Um, I'll tell you in person one day because I I don't want no. You I don't want no receipts. You gonna DM me? That's how I operate. No receipts. No face, no case. We haven't met in like the whole five years this has been happening. And I'm not waiting another five years. I'll be in Atlanta all the time. Put so. some context clues in my DMs. Uh, uh. Oh, that's easy. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. oh, you still ain't going to get it, but. Well, while you're doing that, I would also like to say that uh, someone that hasn't really, I don't think, ever made me laugh is Lil Duval. And for some reason, he decided to get on Twitter and say that the baby is the new ludicrous. And I would just like to say Lil Duval needs to stick to comedy, but he is not funny. So I would just tell him to find something else to do, because what what the fuck kind of opinion was that? What is that based on? Why would you say that? Did you not? You're old enough to remember what Ludacris was and what Ludacris was doing out here. So for you to compare him to a man that makes literally the same song every three months is pretty offensive. Like, do you not know Ludacris's catalog? Do you not know his feature run? Do you not know anything about what he did? Like, he's one of those uh, southern southern rappers that was able to garner uh, respect 
from New York artists because, you know, back then it was still, you know, artists were getting a little bit more respect from New York artists, but there wasn't a lot of Southern artists getting features uh, on New York radio and all that. Ludacris was one of them. Uh, Outkast was another one. Lil Wayne is another one. There's not that many of them. Like UG, UGK, you could give them that, but they only had the one with Jay-Z, I think. I don't know if they had anything else back then that was super big in New York. But like, there isn't a conversation about the baby being a top five rapper like going right now. He might be a hot rapper at the time, but there was a conversation about is Ludacris a top five rapper right now? That happened in his prime. And we we have never had that conversation about the baby. Ever. So I just feel like Lil Duval can just shut up about that. Cause it's just it's just I feel like he should have had something else behind that. There should have been like, hey, I'm having a comedy special tomorrow because that was clearly a troll tweet to get people talking about him. It really was because nobody really cares about, I don't know. I don't like little baby like that. And I mean, not little baby. Oh my God. The baby, little baby's fire. <laughs> Two the totally baby. different rappers. <laughs> the baby is ass cheeks. Um, definitely disrespectful to Ludacris. Ludacris is, you know, a great for real. I don't know why that would be said at all, but you know, hey, maybe you know, controversy sells. So what maybe is he that's get his attention in the wrong way. I hope I hope Lil Duval is selling something because uh, if he yeah. did all that just to get flamed on Twitter for a weekend, that's a bad look. I mean, you know, when people stop talking about him, like stop bringing up his name, he always says something stupid just You're to right. get back out there. Happens like Lil Duval. Who else? Another one of them little short men who think they're funny and they're not. They do the same thing. They say something stupid just to get their name back out there and have people talk about them. I would just like people to go look up the uh, "Made You Look" verse from Ludacris. And I challenge you to find anything that the baby has done that's even close to what Ludacris did on that one feature. Like that one 16, I'm pretty sure you can't find anything the baby has done in his entire career that would match that one feature first. So. Like the baby is a short man who hits women and random people for no reason. That's it. That's true. So I'm pretty sure that we Shout out to Leonard Brown. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. Come on. You said you were done with that. El Breezy 904. Edit that out. Jesus. So I think I think we're good. I think we're going to try. I think we're going to try to wrap it up. But just kind of for just for things, I guess, for next week that we we still haven't talked about. Uh. Jesus, we're gonna to try to talk about that. Uh, we did. I spent this week listening to Illmatic and Reasonable Doubt. We were supposed to talk about which one of those two albums aged uh, better. Um, what else? We're gonna talk about that next week. Uh, I did listen to the uh, Lauren Hill. I listened to um, Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Uh, I it's I liked it. It's a, it's a good album. It should not be classified as a rap album, and it uh, and Apple Music is is classified as a pop album. And and she won 
uh, best Grammy for R&B for that. So I'm probably going to have to listen to the the Fuji stuff to really get a handle on what she is as a rapper. So I'm going to, I'll probably try to do that. Um, what else? We had the Scotty Pippen versus Kevin Durant thing. Like, I just feel like Scotty Pippen's just kind of just trying to do anything to make uh, LeBron or MJ be the top. Like, we're not going to sit here and talk about like KD not being one of the all time greats. But like, hold on, hold on. Before you go any further, uh, Lowski, Wolski, Illmatic is, is a much better album than Reasonable Doubt. Okay, here we go. Let's but talk about personally, it. I like Let's it was written it. better than Illmatic. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. I think that. Illmatic talking, is, a, is a great album. It's, it's we're talking, solid. Put together we're talking great. Illmatic versus wow. Reasonable Doubt. Not Illmatic versus It Was Written. It Was Written is top heavy, and at the top, he, he has the biggest hits. Period. Illmatic. Illmatic. Let's stick it with Was that. Written is definitely Illmatic. We're talking about that Illmatic. We're talking about Illmatic. Let's talk about Illmatic versus Reasonable Doubt. You know what? Because I, I took notes because I was ready for this one. So <laughs> I listened to Illmatic, right? And Illmatic is like one of those albums that's like propped up as one of like the best uh, produced albums because they had like, a, you know, a master class of producers on there. And it's considered one of the all-time great uh, rap albums of all time. It is. I listen to it to, and I'm not saying it's not. It is. I understand why it is, and I and I'm a Nas fan. Like I'm uh, big in Nas. I thought he won the whole uh, uh, Ether versus Takeover. I was Team Nas on that. I, but I'm talking about it as someone who is who has grown up and seen like different. How I've seen how music has evolved and you know gotten better, and I listen to Illmatic, and it sounds. Like I have walked into a subway in New York on a cold winter day, and I cannot get off of that subway. That is what it sounds like. That is not something I want to feel for forty-five to fifty minutes. It's like it's just the sound. It sounds like you're on a rusty subway. <laughs> the production on it. I do not like the production on it. I just cannot. It's it's there is no there is no soul. There is no life in the production of Illmatic. And it is, it's just, it's, I get why people do the whole, like Nas has one of the worst ears in rap because Illmatic has not aged well. Now, when it came out in 1994, that is what rap was, especially in New York. His rapping style on Illmatic is redundant and repetitive. He never changes his flow. He never changes his flow on any song. Now, when you go... And you listen to Reasonable Doubt. Anyway, we had to put a pause on this nigga for this shit. <laughs> he out of control. First of all, it was an album that came out in 94. I swear to God, I thought the album came out in 89. It's very dated. It is hard to listen to in 2021. But if you're just talking about just strictly bars and what he's giving you, it's one of the all-time greats. Me, personally, it was written certified classic to me songs that stand the test of why time. do you keep bringing up it was written we're talking about illmatic and reasonable doubt talk about illmatic it, illmatic just sounds like for me i've been to new york one time i'm one time a southerner <laughs> i listen to a lot of mike jones still cool. you know i'm trapped in time in 2005 
it's hard for me to listen to it was written. It's hard for me to listen to Reasonable Doubt too, but it's a little bit easier to listen to Reasonable Doubt than it is to It Was Written. The one thing that I point out to people is me, I was alive when these albums came out. Nobody was talking about Reasonable Doubt. Everything that people say about Reasonable, Reasonable Doubt is always a hindsight deal where it's yes. like, okay, well, Jay-Z is now the king. He's the best ever. He's this, he's that. Yeah, this album that everybody skipped over during its time was a great album. But during that time, like I remember Jay-Z was corny. He was considered corny when it when it first came out. He was corny. I don't know about corny. He, he was he was a corny dude. Nobody cared about him. That Nobody second cared album, about Hawaiian Soapy Fame and all that. He was uh Foxy Brown's sidekick, like you know, he he was on Ain't No Nigga and uh like you know, just silly songs. Jay-Z didn't really pop to the 2000s. Nas was the king of New York from day one when he came out. That I album sounds that. like New York. It sounds like you said, when me and South Breeze went to New York, I remember seeing a homeless man pissing in the middle of the street in broad open daylight. And it stunk like hell. And it was trash everywhere. The city was a piece of shit. And I just, that's what that reminds me of. Just dirty, crummy ass New York with yeah. great pizza. I, and well, that's pizza, why I'll come back. Pizza is The lyrics are pizza. The, the, the pizza is great in, uh, in New York. That's probably the best thing about there. But New York as a city is kind of overrated. But anyway, uh, so reasonable doubt. I think the production on it is a little bit better. I think there's a little bit more life and a little bit more soul to it. Uh, like, um, what you call it? Can't can't knock the hustle. Um, ain't no nigger. Like I don't know. I guess people think that song is corny, but like at least there's a baseline to it. Like you can listen to it and you can hear the instrumentation on it. Jay Z definitely busts out different flows, but he also kind of takes you in different places on the songs. Like it was definitely a more uh, personable personal album when you listen to songs like uh, the Evils and Regrets. Those are personal songs that people that have gone through the things that he went through at that time can relate to. The things that Nas was rapping about, Nas was rapping just to rap, which at that time was fine. Like, that's what New York rappers did. They did, like, how can I fit the most words into this bar? Like, the thing that we criticize Eminem for doing right now is kind of what was popular back then. Jay-Z would, at least on this album... He changed his flows up multiple times on different songs. He would give you something a little bit more personal. He would kind of take you out outside of New York, tell you a little bit more story. Like, and there's storytelling, obviously, on Illmatic also, but the storytelling on Reasonable Doubt, I think, was a little bit better. And, um, yeah, it just had a little bit more soul. It had more life to it. It felt like It felt like someone was telling me their story as opposed to someone telling me someone else's story from a different perspective, like from a third party perspective, like you're telling me something that someone told you, whereas Jay-Z is telling you what he did, what he lived, what he's gone through. So that's why I think uh, Reasonable Doubt is just uh, a better, I will say it, it has aged better. And I will also say I was one of those people because I was alive when both of these came out. I will say I was one of those people who I didn't go back to reasonable doubt until 
like really go back to it until probably like 2001 when uh the blueprint dropped dropped like it i wasn't i wasn't someone who listened to reasonable doubt when it first came out and been like oh this is this is an oh, instant classic whatever whatever but i feel like Nas had a little bit of an advantage because he was on that uh uh, live from the barbecue thing and then you know he was like a prodigy and everybody kind of knew like hey this is the next guy new york was ready to prop him up with all the production and producers that he had and they're just like hey he's going to be the guy so you know he had somewhat of an advantage but yeah if you tell me like hey we're going on a car ride put an album on i only have illmatic and reasonable doubt which one you won't listen to i'm putting on reasonable doubt 10 times out of 10 every time i'm not listening like Illmatic felt like homework listening to that because of all the words that Nas put into every single bar. And I'm just like, can you make this fun? Is there anything fun about what you rap about, Nas? Like, is there anything enjoyable about your life at this time? Because it doesn't seem like it. Because I'm not having fun. There's no Brooklyn's, there's no Brooklyn's finest on there. There's no ain't no nigga on there. There's not coming of age on there. Bring it on. Like, feeling it. There's nothing like you're, you. Do you enjoy life? Anything? And there's just not any of those songs. It's just rapping, just same flow, same type of beat. It's I don't know. I feel like I'm slandering Illmatic, and I'm not because I do I do like Illmatic. But if I'm comparing it to Reasonable Doubt, I'm not putting on Ill. Like, listen, if you're someone, if say you're someone that's KJ's age, you're you know, in your early to mid twenties and you listen to Illmatic. I don't, I, I, you know, I don't even want to say what you'll think, but I would, I would like people who weren't alive or who weren't like conscious during the nineties to go back and listen to some of the nineties hip hop that was coming out and see how you feel about it. Cause I feel like you're going to have some different views. Well, anyway, that's, enough for tonight because I'm getting sleepy. I've been working 12 hours and um, you know what? Shout out to Lowski Wolski. Shout out I, to yeah. he the hates whole <laughs> crew and everybody that came in. Um, Jeff, thank you for sliding through like you do. King Quest 7 and 10. Uh, of course, the homie, the brainchild himself, um, KJ. Uh, shout out to Gorgeous, simply Gorgeous as well. Shout out to Ayana. Shout out to uh, the homie Shan. Um, shout out to everybody. Um, we're looking for our 70th follower for the YouTube channel so y'all can find it. You know, holla at the kid. And, um, yeah, I don't have any song of the week because, shit, I ain't listen to shit. I did uh, listen to Pop That Pussy during the thing, so Luke Pop <laughs> classic song. Y'all got any uh, shout-outs before we head out? And, and yeah. Jeff, I did send you a DM with the hint. Yeah, and I sent a question back responding. Uh, I don't have my notifications on, my bad. It's okay. Go ahead with your shout out. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> For my shout out and song of the week. So, my shout out is going to be to uh, Michael Vick. He turned 41 today. Uh, Michael Vick is a football legend. I think he brought a lot of culture and swag to football, and he brought a lot of young black kids 
into the uh, the NFL and in college. He was actually a beast in college too. Um, so I think Michael Vick is very uh, impactful culturally and on the field. Uh, one of my all-time favorite players. Uh, song of the week, I'm going to go with Can I Live from Reasonable Doubt by Jay-Z. Wow. Uh, shout outs. Uh, yeah, shout out to Jazz for coming on and forcing me here tonight. Shout out to Marcus for forcing me to be here tonight and telling me the wrong time so I <laughs> home to be on time just for it to start at nine, but it didn't start till like nine twenty, nine twenty-five. So fuck you for that. <sighs> I had things to do. Shout out to y'all for having me on here once a year because y'all niggas don't love me. Shout out to the bitch with the titty reduction that hates me. Bitch, I hate you too. Like, I don't even care. If I've been kicking in with you on the TL and stuff, I'm cussing you the fuck out. Because why are you being a fake bitch? Just block me. You haven't, so. (laughs) And my song of the week. What have I been playing a lot this week? Um, Brian McKnight, only one for me. Uh, Shit, that's a uh, I've been playing that a lot this week, so I didn't even know this was a thing. So I just I was like, "Shit, what I've been playing a lot." Why do you keep doing that? Just to let y'all know, I ain't playing with y'all. Um, but yeah, Brian McKnight, I haven't listened to him a long time. I have to check it out, but. Anyway, as always, we are Keep That Same Energy podcast on the avenue. Um, Shout out to South Breeze for not sending me a motherfucking invite because he, I I don't think that nigga can read, to be honest with you. Because I never said I wasn't going to be on the show. I just said I'm coming from work. I work from home. So I literally turned around and I'm in the studio. So thank you very much for trying to sabotage me tonight. Thank you for also coming into the chat trolling as always. As always. But I do thank you for giving me this opportunity, you know, and giving us all this opportunity because you are the brainchild of this, sort of. Anyway, we're out. Make sure y'all like, subscribe, share, tell a friend, phone a friend. Um, if you got any members, um, be an ally of, of pride no matter what. Represent your people. Hold it down. Love is love. We are... KTSC Avenue t-shirts coming soon at the end of the year. We are out. Fuck y'all. Fuck Leonard Brown too. Oh Jesus, man. <laughs> no, this nigga lying said he's five six to women. He's actually five three. Coconut head ass bastard. Lord. Lord. Anyway. Why? Enjoy yourself, bitches. We're out. Damn. Fuck up, Breezy. Jesus. <laughs> <sighs> Every now and again, you might need a little extra mm, in your love life. Spice things up tonight by shopping at adamandeve.com with a vast array of toys, lingerie, and things to keep you coming. Don't forget to use KTSE at the checkout for free gifts to make your night just a little more spicy.